Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Global Business Leadership Conference today, hosted by Regeline Gigi Sabat. We're excited to have you here. We're going to take you through an array of speakers that are going to help us learn about business conference and business leadership. So stick with us. We're going to hear from Rachel Druckenmiller now. Thank you to Rachel for that beautiful song. A wonderful display of somewhere over the rainbow, right? As business leaders, we all hope to find our rainbow in life. I'd like to start off the conference by introducing our host today, Regeline Gigi Sabat. She's a motivational keynote speaker, two times best-selling author, actually more than that now, <laughs> four times, and first-generation Haitian-American, the host of Walk With Me podcast on JRQ-TV, financial expert and CEO and founder of Life Service Center of America, LLC. We have so many speakers today. Please stick with us for the entire event and share this on YouTube, share this on any platform that you're watching this on today. Our keynote speaker to kick off this series is Ramonda John, founder of Women in Business Club, empowering women to get visible leaders online. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Unfortunately, she's not here right now, so we do need to move to the next speaker. Okay, fantastic. Here we go. Anna, Annie Kashi, creative art director at Pixels Multimedia, radio talk show host at Saga 960 AM. She's an actor, model, voice artist at Caroline's Model and Talent Agency. 
uh, owner photographer at Annie J. She's going to talk to us today about triumph through tragedy and eight steps to hotwire your life. Welcome, Annie. Thank you so much. It's my absolute pleasure to be here, and I look forward to being able to share with you. I'm just going to share my screen as I just uh, get that already, and this is part of being live is all of the lovely things. Are you able to see my screen? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay, wonderful. And I'm just going to put it on um, so that you're not seeing just me. Uh, and uh, Melanie, if you could just pin my face there as the speaker for the moment, and then we can get started. Yes, you're there, Annie. Okay, perfect. So I'm actually going to start this. Um, my apologies. I don't know what's playing here right now. Sorry about that. Hang on a sec. Sorry about that. Um, so I'm going to start this right now. Um, eight steps to how to hotwire your life. And I'm going to start with the first slide, which is on uh, stop the woe is me syndrome. So sadness is really a um, healthy, normal emotion. And feeling a bit heartbroken is something that you can um, all understand, relate to. We've all lost something. We've all faced some sort of uh, loss in our life. And allowing ourselves to feel bad about something is, an, especially when there's an emotional wound, is normal. Now, self-pity, however, is different. And that goes beyond just normal sadness. And this is where I want to start to really talk about where misfortune, experience, hopelessness, all of this sort of feeds into your mood. And step one I wanna talk about is how you get out of that. How do you break that cycle? So how do you behave in a manner that you stop feeling sorry for yourself? You know, we've all, up to this point in our lives, we've all gone through some sort of hardship where we've faced some disappointment, uh, some tragic circumstance, some um, plan that didn't go the way we uh, wanted to. I think one of the first things that I did personally in my life was to step out of my own headspace and get into the space of helping others, whether it was volunteering for a charity, helping a friend, or simply finding someone in need. Kind acts really reminded me on how much I had within me to give to someone else. And that really stepped me out of that woe is me syndrome. The second thing that I did to get out of that mindset was to exchange self-pity for gratitude. And there are many ways, and I'm going to get onto that later on a little bit in my presentation, but there are many ways that you can stop yourself from being tempted to complain about how bad your life is and turn it around and actually look at how great your life is and, and all the moments that make your life really, really great. I'd like to move on to the next one. And step two is how to confront your problem. Refusing to feel sorry for yourself so that you don't waste valuable time and really your precious energy wishing that things are going to be different. Instead, you're going to be equipped to really take on that positive action that you need to solve problems, to really cope with your discomfort and to look and develop a healthier outlook on life. I'm going through this pretty fast because I'm cognizant of the fact that we have a very robust schedule today and a lot of speakers. So if you have more questions, feel free to reach out to me on my platform later. 
how to find your inner balance is my next. So finding your inner balance, I think step one is to stop being busy. We all have full schedules. And in all honesty, uh, if you were to hear what my daily schedule is, or if you were to even hear what Gigi's daily schedule is, you would be very, very overwhelmed. In fact, the busier I am, the more time I actually find I have in the day to do what I really want to do. Busyness becomes a mask that you hide behind. And, you know, um, you need to get rid of that busy and accept and really appreciate the time that you need to take as downtime, the space that you need for your own self-development. That's step one. Step two is to, it's all right to say no to certain opportunities. It's all right to let some chances go by. When something isn't growing you, isn't growing your plan, it's not for you at that time. And it's okay to just say no. The next one um, is in this is to recognize external uh, pressure. Not every problem that comes your way is a problem that you need to solve, whether it is friends, family, coworkers, other people that come and share things with you. I'm always very careful about the energy that infiltrates into my own energy. And part of maintaining the balance in your own life and in your own equilibrium is to find the place that you need to draw those boundaries where you stop and it's okay to say it's not for you at the moment. The other part about finding your inner balance is to stop rushing. You know, no one needs to tell you uh, what your timeline should be you determine your timeline, you move at your own pace, and I will move at my own pace. We all have various goals, we all have various destinations, we all have places, um, things that we wanna do, uh, milestones that we reach, and each of our milestones may be at a different time period, and that's absolutely fine. And I want to go to the next slide, which is on uh, making a plan. There are really seven stages when you go through a difficult situation. For example, in my case, uh, a marital breakup. Um, after 26 years of marriage, I walked out of my marriage. When I did that, I actually found myself ostracized. Um, my parents didn't understand my decision, wasn't, weren't supportive. My sibling didn't understand it, wasn't supportive. Uh, I come from an Orthodox Christian family, went to church every week, and uh, no one in the community really accepted it. I come from a South Asian family. It was unheard of to do what I did. And therefore, um, I went through more than just a marital breakup. I went through um, a, a lot of other emotions. In addition to that, I also lost my children. And so when I was faced with all of that, I went through the stages of grief shock, denial that it was happening to me, a disbelief and a numbed feeling, um, a feeling of failure, pain, guilt. I was then angry, angry as to why people that I trusted and believed in didn't believe in me. And then I started bargaining with God, you know, bargaining for if you do this and I'll do this. And I found that I went through that. I left with situational PTSD. And this is not unusual. I left with feeling depressed and feeling anxious. And then I started to believe in myself. I started to listen to my inner voice. I started to reconstruct my life. 
the shambles around me. I say I had a phoenix rising from the ashes moment. And that's really what it is. When you hit rock bottom and you have nowhere else to go but up, then that's when you start to really look at the building blocks of your life. And that's what I did. And now there's acceptance and hope. Acceptance for what I've been through, the situations that's formed and made me who I am and hope for what is going to be there in the future. Now, as you look at that, there are many steps to um, trauma. You, I, you know, I've seen people who have acute trauma, you know, from a single incident, whether it's a car accident, something that singularly happened. I had chronic trauma years and not just myself, anyone who's been in uh, domestic abuse or any abuse of any uh, way, any form, face chronic abuse and you have another form called complex trauma and that's almost um, a, a very serious form of trauma I'm not going to get into that right now but when you have PTSD there are certain things that you can actually do to help that anxiety and I had to learn and teach myself these things so this was a very important step on making a plan now one of the things that I have found really helped me a lot was to focus, I just wanna go back, is to focus on the positives. And one of the most important things that I found that I did was to think positive thoughts, you know, focus on good things. Challenging situations and obstacles are all part of our lives. I practice gratitude. I keep a gratitude journal and I use humor. You know, when things don't go well, when you laugh, it sends supercharged endorphins through you. And that's the best high that you can get. When you hang out with positive people and you wake up, that's the caffeine boost I need in the morning. Not the fake stuff, not coffee, not tea. It's positivity. And it's that positive self-talk that you give yourself. And it does work. When you identify your areas of weakness and you find people who are going to prop you up so that your weakness becomes a strength, you're enabling yourself. When you start each day with that positive note, you're gonna find yourself driving yourself to success. Seek help. This is something that we all think we don't need, but every single one of us needs some sort of help and it's not a loss of pride by saying you need help. And that's where you have to put your ego aside and say, I need some support. It took me a long time. I'm very um, I have a, a strong pride, sense of pride. I don't want to show my weakness. I'm an international model and actress. Um, in the last two years alone, I've just won my 56th award. Um, when you think about that, you go, oh my gosh. And then you start listening to my story and then you start to hear where my weaknesses are and each one of us has our Achilles heel. And it's not a sign of weakness to show our Achilles heel. So seek help when you want it, whether it's professional, whether it's a friend, whether it's someone you trust. I have eight steps. I've got two more to get through. Now, number seven is do what you can. Stop what you, um, you know, doing what you can and start doing what you want. You know, you can always make time change your priorities, wake up earlier, change your environment, reduce your commute time. You know, responsibilities are trickier. Some of us are single parents. We have, you know, um, other responsibilities that we have to do and we can't put those aside, but you can get clever, you know, think outside of the box and how you're going to figure out the things that you have to do and, and the things that you want to do. 
one of the things that you can do is write down what you do because you can, and now write down what are the things that you want to do, right? So write down the things that you can do, and then write down the things you do because you want to do them. And start filling that bucket of the wants, because that's going to fulfill you. And finally, leave what you must. You can't pour from an empty cup. Pouring from an empty cup is the same as getting blood out of a stone. <laughs> Not possible. You can't fill a second vessel if there's nothing in the first one. And it takes a lot, um, you know, to ensure that you're balanced first before you look to balance anyone else. Think of it like this. When you're on a flight and the air hostess says to you, pull down your oxygen mask before you try to put the oxygen mask on someone else, Take that, extrapolate that into your life. It's such an important quote because it's so important to realize that if you're not getting oxygen, how are you going to feed and help someone else get their oxygen? Change that self-talk first by being aware of the chatter that's in your head, the guilt. You know, as moms, we're told we have to sacrifice our lives for the lives of our children. It's not true. You don't need to be guilted into being a good parent. You can fill yourself. You can fill yourself with love. When you're filling yourself with love, you are able to love other people. And what you say to yourself on a daily basis, what you tell yourself to succeed, when you make a mistake, it's not a mistake that you have gone backwards. You know, every step that you make in your progress is a progress forward you fail forward when you fail forward you're going to make those challenges that you seem insurmountable actually become surmountable and with that I'm going to wrap up my comments I'm going to say it's such a pleasure it's such an honor I was nervous as anything to speak first and I hope you were able to get something out of my very fast Speedy Gonzalez presentation and I want to say thank you to Gigi for this opportunity I look forward to listening to all of you speak I'm Annie Koshi and I'm signing out. Thank you, Annie. I want to stop my screen share. There we go. Fantastic. Thank you, Annie. What great tips, right? Take those eight tips and learn something in your business to change your business and your life. Wonderful, wonderful presentation, Annie. Thank you so much. We appreciate you today. Our next speaker is Tess Timms. Tess Timms is an international best-selling author and trainer, and she's going to talk to us about the three C's. Welcome, Tess. Unfortunately, Tess is not with us right at this moment. Oh, goodness. Okay, we will move on. Yes. Emma Jane Taylor is our next speaker. She's not with us either. Okay, how about Chris Salem? Yes. I see Chris here. Chris, welcome. I'm going How you to doing? here. This is awesome. You are a world-class speaker, life and business strategist, award-winning international bestseller, author, radio show host at Christopher Salem. You're going to teach us about the secret to building your brand and business simultaneously. Correct. So thank you so much um, uh, for having me. It is a pleasure to be here. It's just going to be you, everybody here in, in me. We're, we're just going to share and engage, even though we have a short 10 minutes together. And I'm going to be sharing with you the secret to enhancing your brand and growing your business. So just think about, you know, where you are right now. And you should celebrate where you are because you can only go up from here. And there's, oh, it's always progress in motion. And what I'm going to share with you today is that many times as business owners, entrepreneurs, we get caught up in 
what makes us unique in what we do. But here's the thing about your audience or people that are yet not too familiar with what you do. A lot of people are not going to really care at this point what you do and what makes you unique until you've given them a reason why. See, here's the thing. People connect with others when they feel something is compelling to them, something that connects with them at a deeper level. Now, many times this is happening subconsciously, not consciously. And this is all due to the fact that people, everybody in the world has values. Whether if you know your own values or not, you have values. So what are those values that define who you are? So I'll give you an example for myself. The values that define who I am are transparency. I've, you know, I've been transparent for over the last 22 years. I was not prior to that. I, was the, I, I looked at vulnerability and transparency as a weakness. And yet I was operating from someone else's values, not my own. And I wonder why I was struggling in business why I was miserable, angry, and frustrated. When we can get in tune with our values, we have the ability now to also understand the audience we serve. So transparency is one of my values, integrity, and honesty. I live those three values each and every day, 24-7, in my personal life, in my business. Does that mean everybody that I'm going to be doing business with that will identify and find my, my content compelling going to have those same values? No. But can we relate on shared values? Absolutely. See, there are people out there that may value tr being trustworthy. They might value being ethical. They might value people that follow through. There may have strong family values or faith values. See, the secret is connecting on those shared values and what makes you compelling to them or what's most compelling to them. So in terms of what can be compelling to them, let me give you an example so that can illustrate this point. Let's take a realtor, a woman who's been in the profession for, let's say, two years. She's working for a major agency, and she's at this point not having much success in this business, very little to no production. She's got a good personality. She really connects well with people. She's doing all the right things that the organization has asked her to do in terms of building her 50 to 100 sphere of influence, making calls and getting listings and so on. So why is she struggling? Because she's connecting with people based upon what she does. That in itself is going to not be the answer until you've given them a reason why. Now, this woman was also involved in a, I wouldn't say it was a charity, but an organization that provided information resources related around family-related matters. So many people in the community that had strong family values really dived into this content to find out information that could help benefit their immediate families in the community. People that were looking to move into the community also tapped into this information to see if this would be a good area to relocate and raise their families. She had a great connection with people through her written content and the articles that she provided each and every week. Here was the thing. They knew her for, for her content. They didn't know she was a realtor. Now, I remember talking to her and approaching to her and says, do they know you're a realtor? And she goes, no, but it wouldn't be appropriate to mention that I'm a realtor or advertise my agency in this context. And I said, well, I agree. But it, what would be any harm in just saying that you're a realtor? 
Nobody cares what agency you work for, whether if it's William Rabus, So the Bees, Century 21. It's you. It's you. But what's even more important is what's compelling to them. You've already provided information that is compelling to them. They're engaging your content. You've gained their trust. You've given them a reason why they would desire to talk to you on whatever capacity if you could help them solve a challenge or a problem for themselves. So she began to put realtor next to her name. And lo and behold, she started to get calls. She started to get calls from people saying, I didn't know you were a realtor. There's someone down the street that's looking to sell their home. And I'd like to recommend you as the person. See, the secret in your branding is why you do what you do, not just what you do. It's what's compelling first to them versus what makes you unique and what makes you stand out. It's not like you're the only life coach or the only relationship coach or the only this coach, whatever that may be, or whatever business you're in. There are 10,000 realtors in a 60-mile radius. Why are they going to go with this woman? Because she's a realtor? No, because of those values and why she did what she did. Now, her strength was writing. So she connected with her audience through those family-related values on that connection through writing. Perhaps for you, it's speaking, doing videos, doing virtual summits like we're doing here. I know for myself that it is speaking. That is my strength. That's how I connect with my audience, providing contextual content that adds value, that is compelling to people, that connects on those shared values. There are many values that connect with people that are transparent, honest, and have integrity. And then there are going to be values that people have that do not. And here's the great thing to, to know for yourself. You don't have to be everything for everyone. You just have to be some, something for someone, in this case, in one, more than one person. This is how you, you, you can show up with your social media content on a consistent basis, providing information that is compelling and adds value on, it, on that consistent basis. How you show up leveraging your strengths. If you're a writer, then you're writing articles, blogs, and being consistent with that. If you're a speaker, you're on video, you're doing Facebook Lives, you're on Clubhouse, you're, you're speaking on virtual summits like this, you are speaking in person, connecting and continuously adding that compelling uh, value in terms of your contextual content. When you give them a reason why you do what you do, that's compelling to them, connecting on those shared values, now they're interested in what you can do to help them potentially solve a challenge. So these are the things that you could take advantage of and really begin to execute on and not try to be like everyone else. It's not about what makes you stand out. You're going to stand out when you can be more compelling to the audience you serve and be honest with the strengths that you possess to really maximize that. So the thing I would like to challenge everybody here is write down really what are those values that define who you are? Ask yourself how you can you know, show up and be in front of people and, and provide information that is going to be compelling to them. It, has, it may not have to do anything with what you do. It could be a combination of things that are indirect and then also with what you do, finding that mix. Usually like a 70, 30%, I like to use. 70% indirect, 30% direct. This way, like in the case of the, re the realtor example, they knew she you know, really had strong family values. She provided strong value in terms of her contextual content there.
But then when they began to understand she was also a realtor, when she signed her name, they began to look at what she did in the agency she was involved with elsewhere. So these are the things that can help you to stand out. And you don't have to have this huge budget in marketing and advertising to do it. I've built a huge brand based upon this same strategy. And so can you. You just have to really get in tune with those values that define you and not looking to be everything for everyone and trying to be the jack of all trades and master none. Find your niche, really hone in on it, be as compelling as you possibly can be. And this is going to be the secret that's going to help elevate you to the next level. And if you like to eventually when, you, when your business begins to just take off and get to the next level, you want to add some dollars to marketing and uh, advertising to help really raise that level of influence through your compelling content, then uh, do it. Take advantage of it. But you don't have to have this huge budget in order to do it. So with that being said, I think I'm about within 10 minutes and I'm going to leave it at that. So everybody, I'm wishing everyone to have a wonderful session here on the Global Business Conference. And Gigi, thank you for having me and an opportunity to share. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I love this because I'm speaking about the why pretty soon. And I love how you brought all this in. It's so important that we really understand what drives us first. And that is going to change the world as business leaders if we can get that right and just be unique in our own space. Great presentation. Thank you so much, Chris. It's great to meet you and have you here today. Thank you. So I hear that Tess Timms is in the room. Is she here, Gigi? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Here. Fantastic. All right. So Tess, we are excited to have you here. You are an international best-selling author and trainer, and your topic today is the three C's. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Gigi, for this amazing platform. I want to just first say to you guys is that we all come to have challenges in our life. Um, the last 18 months or so has been overwhelming for a lot of us. And I'm here to talk about the three C's. The three C's is all about chaos, commitment, and clarity. Every, every one of us has experienced chaos in our life. Chaos is not always a bad thing. It's a stepping stone to get us ready to do something next. It's like get clarity on what you want for your life and get committed. I'm here to tell you a story about a young lady, one of the young ladies that I coach. She was also a coach as well. She was on her way to a speaking engagement and she had something to happen. But prior to that, her husband had taught her how to change a tire. She said, oh, I never needed to learn how to change a tire. I mean, I could call roadside service to get help with a tire change. Well, anyway, he showed her how to change the tire. And he said, he just want her to be safe and, you know, then sorry. And she watched him and she did the change of the tire. Well, a few weeks later, she had a speaking engagement that she needed to attend. And so she left early enough time, make sure she wouldn't be, you know, late, traveled her way to the speaking engagement. And she heard a knock. She had a flat tire. She said, oh, 
I got a flat tire. And so she said, oh, well, I just called roadside services. Well, she reached in her purse and forgot her phone. She couldn't call roadside service. So she said, okay, what do I need to do here? She said, I have enough time. I know how to change the tire. I think I can make this happen. Chaos has set in, but she stayed calm and said, let me figure this out because I have a speaking engagement within the next hour and I need to be there. She got out of, out of the car. She put on her flats. She got the tires out. She got everything it took to change the tire. People were honking at her. Nobody stopped to assist her, but she continued on to change her tire. And she made it. She changed the tire. She um, began to travel on and got to a service station she could clean up and continue on with her journey to her speaking engagement. And she made it. She made it on time. This is a perfect example of how chaos shows up, but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. You have to take control of the situation so that you can have clarity in what you need to do next. So that's an example of chaos. Now, clarity is helping you decide on what you want to do with not only that situation, but within your life, within your business. Making a decision matters. Getting clear on what you want matters. There's two parts of our mind. There's our subconscious part of our mind, and then there's our conscious part of our mind. Our subconscious part only focuses on what we are focused on, and also what we're clear about what we want to do. So it's important that we understand and get clarity. So clarity is the key to manifesting what you want in your life, in your business. Now, now, Jan could have panicked when the tire, when the flat tire occurred, but she didn't. Chaos showed up. She handled it. She got clear on what she needed to do next because she wanted to speak at her conference. And she did. Now, we talked about the chaos. We talked about clarity. And let's talk about commitment. When you get crystal clear on what you want for your life, for your business, in situations that shows up, then you get committed to making the decision to take action. Now, I'm going to talk to you now about how to identify when chaos shows up. Write this down. One is anxiety. Two, you start to worry. Three, fear sets in. Four, doubt. And the last but not least is emotions. These are all five things that show up to help you identify when chaos shows up. Now, I guess you're saying, well, Tess, now that I know how to identify chaos, what do I need to do to prevent it? What do I need to do to prevent this in my life? Write this down, guys. One, be prepared. Be prepared, guys. 
Jan was prepared, even though she didn't want to change the tire. She told her husband, I don't need to know how to change a, a tire. I got roadside service I can call. She forgot her cell phone. But she was prepared. So be prepared. Be prepared in your journey, in your business, whatever it is that you're deciding for. You already know that chaos has showed up. You know that you've identified it. So now let's be prepared to move forward, to make decisions, to get committed. Number two is be willing. Be willing to work effectively on your decision, on your clarity. Number three, be cautious. For you, for some of you guys who started a new, new business, pandemic, the pandemic has caused us all to dig deep, to do things that we thought we would never do. It's okay to start that business. Just create a plan. Be cautious, but do it. Number four, be methodical, meaning that stick to your plan because you got this. You can do it. Number five, be ready. Be ready for what's next. So guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Gigi, thank you again for this amazing platform. And you have just heard from me. I'm Tess Timms. I am the speaker, the trainer, the coach that can take you where you need to go next. So thank you again for having me, Gigi. Thank you, Tess. Thank you, Tess. This is great. Everybody, I hope you wrote all of these things down because this is really important. And I think the biggest takeaway is commitment, right? You have to be committed in your mind before you can start anything else. Be courageous and stay true to who you are. These are such great lessons, you guys. Please grab your journals if you don't have them and take notes. Our next speaker today is Emma Jane Taylor. Emma Jane Taylor is an author, a keynote speaker, child sex abuse activist, and CEO of The Works Company. She's going to talk to us today about how well-being brings you more than success. Welcome, Emma Jane Taylor. That, that was who couldn't speak earlier. Unfortunately, she couldn't be with us oh, today. Uh, okay. So our next speaker, Gigi, is? Yes, let's bring up Chip Baker. Chip Baker. Chip Baker, my heart. Chip Baker is a coach. He is the best-selling author, speaker, podcaster. His motto is live, learn, serve, and inspire. And we all say hashtag go get it. <laughs> Welcome, Chip Baker. Hello, guys. Sorry about that. It, it switched on me. So, um, am I on good? I'm okay. Everybody see me all right? Yes. Good deal. All right. So first, I just want to say thanks so much, Gigi, for uh, giving me the opportunity to be here with you on your platform today. I consider it an honor and a privilege. Uh, been following you, been supporting you for a while now. I'm truly grateful uh, for this opportunity. And so um, today... What I would like to speak on is operating systems for success. Um, you know, all of us have been influenced uh, and Im impacted in our lives. We've been influenced in such a manner that uh, 
we've been impacted and it's caused us, you know, by those things that we've seen in our life to be who we are. And so from that, uh, we have to understand that we have the potential to influence and impact others as well. And so in order to make that impact, in order to be that influence, it's important that we have operating systems in our life uh, that allow us to move efficiently and effectively, uh, and not just in business, but in our life. And so having those systems uh, in our life by which we do things are very important. Uh, and in this time that I have with you, I hope that you will gain some key insight on how to create systems in your lives and in your businesses as well that allow you to have maximum growth and make that positive impact that will last for generations and generations. And so that is my goal for our, our time today. And that's what I'm gonna uh, cover with you, operating systems for success. First key component uh, that I wanna talk to you about just you know, in, while you're processing, uh, just some thoughts. And we have to understand that our success is a direct correlation to our discipline. And for me, I feel that discipline allows us the freedom to be happy. And when I say happy, that means you know, whatever goals that you're striving to attain, to do, to be, to see, whatever that is, uh, you know, that discipline that you put forth towards that determines the outcome that you will have from that. And so the operating systems, I think in your operating system, the first key component is awareness. There's three components I'm going to touch base with you on today. The first one is awareness. And I'm an acronym guy, so I'm going to give you some acronyms. And so with awareness, the first acronym I'm going to give you is FIT. Uh, you have to make sure that uh, the F for FIT is focus. You have to make sure that your focus is, is in the right place. Aware of, Be aware of what you're putting your focus into. Uh, what you're, Because where your focus goes, uh, your energy flows. Where your energy flows, your focus goes. So it's important to be aware of that focus. The I in fit is intentions. It's important to have pure-hearted intentions. Uh, for me, input equals output. What you put into something is what you receive, will receive in return from that. And so it's important to be aware of those intentions. And you know, I'm, I'm, as I'm saying it, I'm reflecting on those amazing people that I've been blessed to have in my life, uh, a Melanie Ake, uh, a G.G. Sabat, uh, Emma Jane Taylor, uh, you know, I can go uh, any coach. You know, some of those people that are in this conference, I'm reflecting on on their intentions, and they all have pure-hearted intentions. And I'm a down south uh, Texas guy. They, we just say they good folk, right? And so those people that have good-hearted intentions, amazing things just happen for them, right? Because they do things the right way. And then the T in awareness is talents. Um, you know, you have to be aware of those talents in business that you have, your, your skills that you have, and then use them the right way to be a benefit and a blessing to others. So that's the first component, awareness uh, in the operating systems for success in business and operating systems for success in life. You have to have awareness and know how you fit. Focus, intentions, and talents. The second component is mindset. And again, like I said, I'm an acronym guy. And the acronym that I have for mindset is LPO. And 
the L is for limits. And if we limit ourselves, guess what? We limit ourselves, right? And you have to understand that you and only you are the only person that can hold you back from achieving whatever it is you want to achieve in life. There is no limit, right? And when we understand that there is no limit, oh my gosh, watch out, right? It's on, right? Because now you attack everything with, with everything you got in you. And because you know that on the other side of that, you're going to receive those maximum benefits that allow you to be the best version of yourself so that you can be the best version of yourself so that you can be a blessing to others. And so you have to understand that there is no limit. And if you limit yourself, you limit yourself. The P in LPO for mindset is possibilities. And guys, the possibilities are possible. Um, if, when we just take that one step um, to, to understand and be aware of how we fit, when we just take that one step to, to you know, apply our mindset, know that there's no limits, amazing things happen for us in our lives. And, you know, I'll just tell you, you know, I'm a, you know, was raised with a single parent mother. Um, you know, there are some things that have happened in my life that I could have used as excuses, right? I could have said, oh, my people don't do this. Uh, I've never seen that done for, I don't know any authors. <laughs> you know, I could, I could have used all of those things as excuses, but instead of that, I, I've chosen to use it as my motivation to drive me to say that, hey, guess what? We're not doing those things anymore in my family. Uh, we're going to achieve some great, awesome things. And so, you know, I say that, I share that with you because I want you to understand that the possibilities are possible. Whatever level it is you want to achieve in business, whatever level it is you want to achieve in life, it's possible, right? The possibilities are possible. And then the O in mindset is opportunities. And opportunities bring opportunities. And I'm trying to hold back the smile here, but uh, in this case, opportunities bring opportunities. So there's someone that's uh, on this uh, summit here that is, uh, you know, the like not the host, but you know, running, you know, setting up everything, and that person is a really good person. Oh, that's Melanie Ake, right? And I connected with her. We hit it off. Uh, you know, we've done some work together and she says, oh, I have this amazing lady that I need you to connect you with. You need to interview her and highlight her. She's doing great things. Right. Oh, wait, that's Gigi. Right. And so I, I want to share that with you because I want you to understand how opportunities bring opportunities. And now, hey, I'm on this global business conference speaking <laughs> All because opportunities bring opportunities. And it all started with me connecting with one person and, and giving that person everything I got to give and helping and showing love. And I received that way back more than I gave. And then now I've been blessed to meet another amazing person that I've strived to connect with and do work with. And then now I'm having an opportunity to be here to speak. And life business, everything you do is the same way. Opportunities bring opportunities. You have to be in the moment with each moment that you have because 
moments make memories, right? And those magic moments that you have each moment, they're going to give you memories that last forever and ever through generations. So that's mindset and that's LPO. And then the last component is actions. Talk to you about, you know, have in your operating system, having awareness. I've talked to you about having the proper mindset. The last component is having the proper actions. Yes, we can be aware. Um, yes, we can have the right mindset, but if you don't put the work in, none of that matters, right? And so when you're looking at actions, again, acronym, educator in me, uh, uh, the, the the acronym that I have for action is SHG. And that's show up. The first one is show up. Be present in the moment. Uh, just like I told you, magic moments make memories. Be present in the moment. If you tell someone you're going to do something, do it. Uh, be accountable. Hold yourself accountable. Do things the right way. And then the H is have a great attitude. And for me, gratitude is the attitude that determines our altitude. Come on, y'all. Let me give you that again. Hold on. Gratitude is the attitude that determines your altitude. Okay, okay. One more time. One more time. Just one more time. Okay, hold on. Gratitude is the attitude that determines your altitude. And we have to be grateful. You know, the first thing I said when I started this is thank you, Gigi, for the opportunity uh, to be here. And so in anything we do, we have to be grateful for the opportunities that we have. And then we have to be humble and hungry, right? In the moments, uh, be humble and be grateful for the opportunities, but also be hungry to achieve more and be the best version of yourself so that you can be a blessing to others. And so the G and the SHG principle is give your all. And for me, effort counts, y'all. Uh, I can rock with effort all day. Uh, you know, none of us are perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. But if we're given that effort, we're going to have continued growth. We're going to have that continued growth that we want to have in business and in life. And so I know my time is getting close, so I'll go ahead and close out. But um, just in wrapping up, uh, I talked to you today about the operating systems for success. And yes, uh, these are, are certainly pertinent for business. But, you know, my goal is to teach you to be better in life. And I think when we can win in life, learn the lessons that we need to learn to win in life, you're going to win everywhere in business, in relationships, in anything you're doing, you're gonna win. And so I talked to you about, first off, awareness in that operating system. You have to have awareness. You have to know how you fit. You have to have the great focus, uh, pure hearted intentions, and then use your talents in the right way. When you're looking in mindset, uh, LPO is the acronym. Limits, there is no limit because if you limit yourself, you limit yourself. Possibilities, know that the possibilities are possible and then opportunities bring opportunities. And the last component that I talked to you about in the operating system for success is actions. You have to take the proper actions. The acronym I use for that is the SHG principle. And that is show up, have a great attitude and give your all. And again, I just wanna say thanks so much for the opportunity. Uh, I wish you all continued success in your business and your life. And uh, again, Gigi, thanks so much for having me here. Uh, go get it. Go get it. Thank you, Joe. Go get it. <laughs> go get it. The Success Chronicles follow Chip everywhere. This is an amazing guy. And yes, it's a power of connection that one time where you say, 
do you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it starts. That's how yes. it starts. Thank you, Chip, for everything that you do. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, guys. All right, Gigi, I believe we have Joy Brown next in our speaker lineup. So Joy Brown, she's a razor sharp prophetess, author and of Amazon number one international bestseller, award-winning Toastmaster, vice president and public relations for the President's Distinguished Landra Heights Toastmaster Club, keynote motivational speaker and a member of the Les Brown Unlimited team. She's going to talk to us about full life consciousness. Welcome to the program, Joy. Welcome. Thank you, first of all, for having me here today. I'm overjoyed to be here and a privilege. My thrive or my passion today for this global business conference is talking to your mind. Full life consciousness. How do you monitor the thoughts that are running in your brain every second of the day, every moment? How do you harness those thoughts to bring you into full consciousness of what you're desiring or what your thoughts are speaking to you? I wanna focus and I want to bring you today, not that you don't already know, how do I get my conscious mind on the track for the things I desire in life? Full life consciousness. Today, I wanna talk to you about your end results. The end result, meaning what are you thinking? What dreams and visions have you had? What goals do you have now that you want to manifest? What does manifest? Manifest means to become real. How do I make my thoughts and my ideas and my mind tangible? Because right now, any ideal that you have, any dream that you have, any thought that you have is what we call intangible. You can't see it. But I'm reminded that when you come to manifestation and things that you are asking to come to fruition in your life, the first thing my coach said to me is write it down. <laughs> write it down. He said, well, I'm maybe somewhere I can't write it down. The purpose of writing things down when it comes into your consciousness is to reinforce the thoughts, reinforce the words that are speaking into your mind, reinforce the imaginations of who you are to become. Full life consciousness, fully engaging yourself into your life of the things that you desire to happen to you. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Have you ever just had water, running water, just running, running, running? And if you don't capture that water in a glass that you're drinking or capture that water in some type of solid form, 
then that water eventually evaporates. That's the same way it is with your, your dreams and your visions. If you do not write your visions down and write your goals down, it disappears. Full life, consciousness, being very aware. That's what consciousness is, being aware of what's going on in your mind. How can you manage your mind and your thoughts that you have? How do you disperse the things that we say that are negative, that are not in line with what you're trying to attain in life? I want you to go to the chat and I want you to write manifest. <laughs> write it down, manifest. Then when you write that number, that word down, I want you to, oh, I want you to get your cell phones right now and dial 833-206-2673 and manifest. I ask you to do that for a reason. It is so awesome when you have a dream or you have visions and goals and you share it with somebody. You tell somebody, oh, I'm going to get this Mercedes, this 550, 221. It hasn't came to pass yet, but you said you're going to do it. You begin to talk about it. You begin to go look at them. You begin to view in your mind that you're driving that thing, that business that you have. You begin to imagine how you want the business to be set up, your team that you have. I believe some of you may have imagined today and didn't know how it was going to happen, that you would be on this Zoom. Don't Zoom me out. Not yet. Just stay right here. <laughs> because the global business conference that Gigi has put on is powerful. It's magnetic. She brings people, business people on here that will help you to connect the dots to your dreams and your visions manifest. What do I do to have what I'm asking for to manifest? Let me give you one step that I use when I have something that's exciting. We say, what's your passion? Your passion should be something that would drive you that every time you're thinking about it, you can't put it off. But how do you keep that passion alive? Can I give you one step, a one word I'm going to use today that I'm going to go into it? Joy. J for joy. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> joy. Be so joyful and so happy and so enthusiastic about what you're looking for. Be the brilliant thinker that you are supposed to be, that you are. Be that person that you see in that dream that's causing those thoughts. Those thoughts and those words are merely ideas until they manifest. But let me piggyback a little bit. Water. Water is also ice in a solid form. Ice is water and water is ice. But the only way that you can 
see the water and keep it is into a solid form. That's how you have to do your dreams and your vision. It has to become solid, not just once you have a thought or once you have an imagination or once you have a dream, you have to begin now to make it solid. What do you do? You get your pen <laughs> and your tablet and you write that vision or that dream down. It may not be word for word, but in your mind and in your thoughts, it becomes tangible. But what makes it so real? You make it real. You make it authentic. A vision is only as authentic as you make it. A vision is something that would test you in time. I said it would test you in time to make sure what you see and what you desire is what you want to, to manifest. And if it's not what you have in your thoughts in your mind, it's not gonna go anywhere. But that attitude, oh yeah, got an attitude. Well, sometimes I don't get up in the morning. I'm not happy. It's okay. Joy comes in the morning. <laughs> I don't care. You can go to a fight and it looked like Mayweather ain't going to win. I'm going to use Mayweather. Look like he ain't going to come, but you know he got a record. He got the stats to prove it. If I get in the ring, I'm going to win. You have the stats to prove that when you get in the ring or when you get into something that you want, that you're gonna come out victorious. I promise you, if you stay in there, if you have fortitude, if you write that thing down, put it in your mind, in your image, rehearse it over and over again, you're gonna get that dream and that vision is gonna manifest. Say it with me, manifest. What am I asking you to manifest? Do me one more favor, just one more time. Go into the chat and put one ideal right now that's going in your conscious mind and put it in the chat and say, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> and see what happened. And because I'm going to tell you one secret thing that's going to happen because of your attitude. Look how joyful I am. I am now synchronizing with your thought. I am now agreeing with you and what you are asking for to come to pass. I am, where it says with two or three agree in my name, there I will be in the midst. I am coming into your area. I am coming into your consciousness because before you leave this place, you're going to remember joy in the house said it. She prophesied to me on Gigi's global business conference that it's going to come to pass. That's what a prophetic word does. It agree with your spirit was already there. You're already thinking about it. All I'm doing is agreeing with you, but I'm being joyful about it. I believe in you. I trust in you. Do you know in order for things to come to pass, you are the most valuable access. You are it. You have to show up for yourself. 
You have to be you. You cannot be nobody else. Now, number two, oh, for joy, always be optimized. Optimize your time. Be the best that you can be in whatever you desire to have. Make the best of you. Put your best foot forward. Why would you cheat yourself and you give all your your work to somebody else. And now it's your time, it's your business, it's your dream, it's your vision. And you don't give yourself your best. Engage in your consciousness when it tells you to do something that's leading you to the right direction. Align yourself with your inner spirit and watch things happen. Remove all the doubt and the fear and say, yes, I can, which is what joy stands for. You are affirming what you said you're gonna do. You are saying, I am who I am. I am brilliant. I am unique because I have joy. Full life consciousness. That's what you're looking for. Don't cheat yourself. Do everything you can do to bring those dreams and visions to pass. You speak the words. Words are intangible. I, ideas are in your thoughts. They're intangible. But when you do the work, then it comes to pass. It manifests. We're here today. Not by chance. You were predestined to be here. This is what you call destiny. Don't take it for granted. Because whatever's for you, is going to come to you. Full life consciousness. Every day, engage yourself with yourself and say, I am worth it. I am great. I am marvelous. I am wonderful. Do you know the root word of wonderful means I'm a wonder? You are a wonder. But link yourself up with people that believe in what you want to do. And let those dreams and desires manifest because of who you were made to be. Your dreams, your visions were there before you even existed. That's why I know it's going to come to pass. So don't back out the fight. Get in the fight and give your best punch and manifest those dreams and visions. Listen, I am, a.k.a. joy in the house. And I hope I brought you some joy today. Well, thank you. And you guys have a wonderful day. But go to my number, 833-206-2673 and text manifest. And I'm going to agree with you and what you're asking God for. Thank you, Gigi. And thank you, audience. And you guys zoom in. Don't be zooming out on this conference. You better get everything you can because this is your moment. This is your time. And don't negate.
the time and the place that God has for you. Bye. Amen. Thank you, Joy. Thank, Thank you. you, Joy. So much joy for us today. I love that everything that you do and bringing joy to our life. Thank you, Thank you. so much. Powerful. Our next speaker here is a woman that you have seen on every single platform that Gigi has sponsored. Ragni Sinikas, she is a woman on the move, creating change in the world. She is a founder of the World Women Conference and Awards, and she's Women Entrepreneurs TV, Change Makers Coach, and Public Speaker, and I welcome her today. Thank you very much. So let's ramp it up because we have had so many great speakers already. And I want you to just have your intention very clear. Why are you here today? So close your eyes for a second. Take a very, very deep breath and put that intention why you are here. So what it really takes to be a world-class leader and legendary at what you do. So good morning from Los Cabos, Mexico. I'm so excited to share this platform and the time with you. Unfortunately, we just have 10 minutes and uh, we will be able to cover part of the hierarchy or the other world, the pyramid of the legendary performance. I will do my best for you to really, really benefit out of this time. Please, as everybody else has said, please make notes and take massive action on them already today. So let's deep dive what the pyramid of legendary performance means. This is a framework that maps out how the best think and how legendary performers construct and architect the way they occur in the world. It consists six elements, your narrative, your rituals, obsession, the power of the environments, production and impact. We will be able to cover the first three elements because of the time. At the pace of the pyramid is your narrative. What is your narrative? Your narrative is your personal story, the lens through which you see the world. You do not see the world as it is. You see the world as you are, through your internal reality of your own belief system. When you get your mindset to world class, your world will be okay. And you know, it's such a seduction. We often operate as victims. We blame our background, we blame our family, we blame our boss or our job or our hardships or the negative people around us on why our lives are not working. And we are not playing at legendary performance. The reality is we are our own worst enemies. We are our greatest saboteurs. But it takes a lot of courage, bravery, and personal responsibility to look into the mirror and say, it's my mindset that is causing me to believe and behave like this is at my job or assist doing the great job. But the payoff for you is when you say, you know what, my mindset is my mindset. And it was developed from the day I was born based on the messaging, my parents, based on the messaging of my teachers in the school, based on the messages that I picked up from my peers and friends. I mean, 
that really is what your story is based on. That lens that you see the world. It's just a belief that you learn from people around you. And it gets back to why would you think that you are a genius? As they are different now. They got different talents, they are gifted, they are divinely blessed. And that is just nonsense. You know what positive psychologists teach us? Make sure you note down this. Now, your story about your potential determines whether you live your potential. Why? Well, because if your story is um, Buffett, Elon Musk, Mother Teresa, well, those people were born into their greatness. Who am I to dream that be? Who am I to think that I can live world-class life? Who am I to think I can be the best of my industry? So if this is your story, then your story is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because if your story is that you cannot play at world-class, you are not going to read the books or go to the courses or conferences like this today. And by the way, I want to congratulate you by showing up today as you are doing so, you are investing in your personal growth. You're not going to put in the practice hours that researchers says that is 2.44 hours a day for 10 years before the first signs of genius present themselves. You're not going to surround yourself with other people who are committed to world-class skills. It's called the talent hub. You're not gonna basically run the strategies, neither the tactics, not going to install the rituals that are required for you to get to world-class because your story and your narrative says you cannot be at world-class. If you do not remember anything else from this, then write down this. We are born into genius. We are capable of legendary performance. You deserve a life well beyond your wildest dream. The more you start thinking about your narrative, the more you will be aware of your narrative. Your transformation lives in your awareness. As you start to think about your narrative and story and about the lens that you see through the world, as you start to think about your beliefs, here is another important idea, write it down. Your behavior reflects your beliefs. Your daily behavior reflects your deepest beliefs. As you start to think about your narrative, you start to be more aware. You start to say, I have a narrative or a story that really does say I am average. It does say that the world is a scary place. It does say I better not be brave as I could fail. That will bring so much pain and so much discomfort. But if you start to think about your story and narrative, you become at choice. When you are at choice, you start to say, I'm going to start rewiring, practicing, and thinking new thinking. And you start to install the new narrative. And as you have your new narrative, the new story about who you are and what you can do, what you can build, your place under the sun, your vision for the rest of your life, everything begins to change.
Why? Because your behavior reflects those deep beliefs. Your behavior automatically starts to change. Element number two, our rituals. Best of the world tennis players were observed and here is why, what they found. What made them best in the world was not what they did on the court, but what they did in between the points. It was the recovery rituals that made them great. So if you look at world-class athletes, it's not the natural talent, not their willpower, but it was at least that they had the ability to install the series of rituals, which when they ran them, allowed them a legendary performance. The key point is University College of London has discovered that it takes 66 days of daily practice on a specific habit or a specific skill or specific ritual to reach a point that they call automaticity. That simply means that you reach a level where it's easier to do the new ritual than not to do the new ritual. The point is really this, your brain is a result of 6 million years of evolution. Your brain is sort of a mental miracle. And most of us don't know how to use our brain. Have you heard about neuroplasticity? So your brain is actually designed to grow, to shift and to involve and to build new skills. So please do not say, I have tried new things and it did not work. Maybe you didn't not work until the new ritual became automatic. And I will very briefly mention the other elements and why they, what they are about. So the element number three is obsession. The one, the, the one of the things I want you to think about is that every great performer, every legendary producer, uh, uh, producer was obsessed with their one thing. They were obsessed with their vision with the idea that they could find the theory of relativity, for example. They were obsessed with the idea that they could be best in the world with their one skill of focus. And an obsession is only an unhealthy thing if it is an unhealthy obsession. And the reality is that for you to get to your greatest vision, for you to play at the highest version of your best self, you need to be obsessed about your one-page plan. You need to be obsessed about your vision of your future, around your goals. You need to be very devoted where you want to be over the next 90, 180, 365 days, three years, five years, 10, 25 years. And this what is your homework today, to create your life plan, one pager for each areas of your life. Let's call it your life audit. But why is it important? Because clarity breeds mastery. Clarity is mastery. And vague vision will lead vague results. You told the most people in this 95%. And I'm not judging. I'm just reporting, OK? And you ask them, what do you want to be 90 days from now? I don't know. I asked, show, show me your one-page plan of your future. What do you want your career to look like, your family look like, health to look like, financial life to look like? 
what you want your lifestyle to look like? And the answer is, uh, I don't know. You ask most people, what is the one line what you want people to say about you on the last hour of your last day? And guess what the answer is? You already know. Why is this? Because most people are busy by being busy. Victims are busy. Leaders are focused. Victims make excuses. Leaders deliver results. Victims are frightened by the change. Legendary performers are inspired by the change. Victims love gossiping, chit-chatting, spending time in social media with too much television. Legendary performance loves learning, loves rolling up their sleeves and pulling their obsession back. You know what makes mastery. It's not natural talent, as I'm just suggesting to you. It's hard work, it's sacrifice, it's passion, it's training, it's grit, it's devotion. You have legendary performer in you. You have greatness in you. But are you willing to do what it is required? To birth legendary performance in the world? I mean, we all want to be iconic but most of us are not willing to put in the training, practice, co-courses, invest learnings, surround yourself with the right people, right coaching, and run the right strategy and tactics to get the results that we want. Why? If we go deeper, it's because of that narrative again. Your story, we don't really believe we can play at this 1%. We don't really believe that we can live average and that we could be genius in the skill set of our choices. So you remember the importance of an obsession. You got to be obsessed with where you are, where you are and where you want to be, with your financial goals, physical goals, with your vision for your greatest life. So I will stop here. I'm already over time. The next time we will meet, uh, and or if you're curious about the other elements, please reach out. Sure. So, just take this to, with you. To lead is to be of service or use. No one knows how much time we all have left. Most of us are playing at the great game of postponing our greatness. So you are a choice at this very moment, who you are and what do you want to stand for the rest of your life. Thank you, and I hope I added value to you today. And please reach out if uh, I can serve you. Gigi, Melanie, absolute honor to be with you again here. And I, I obviously absolutely love it. I, otherwise, I wouldn't uh, wake up five in the morning to be here. So uh, love you guys. <laughs> we love you too. And thank you, Ragni. We appreciate you. Ragni, you are legendary. You are building legendary teams, processes around the world. I just celebrate you so much. I love you. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Okay, now we have a special guest. We're going to hear from our host today, Regeline Sabat. Gigi, I'm so excited. I have known you for a, just over a couple of years now, but you have just turned into this powerhouse. Again, you are a motivational speaker, best-selling author, multiple times over, life coach, first-generation Haitian-American, the host of Walk With Me podcast, JRQ TV, your financial expert, CEO, and founder of Life Service Center of America. And today, you're going to teach us about faith in business. So thank you for sharing everything that you know. 
You are welcome. Can you all see my screen? Yes. Yes. Awesome. So today I'm going to talk to you all about faith in business. It's so important to keep the faith in our business. Now, a resilient mindset. What is a resilient mindset? A resilient mindset is your ability to bounce back after a major challenge has occurred in your life or in business. So yes, it's important to maintain a resilient mindset, not just in your life, but in your business as well. No matter what challenges you face, you need to maintain that resilient mindset. I share this story with you. Three years ago, I almost lost my life. I'll never forget while I was in law school and I was also the residential manager for the Human Development Center. I got the shock of my life one day. I had just got done studying. And then I was on a phone call with a colleague from the SBA because at the time I was the SBA president. And so I was sitting on the couch and I'll never forget the abuser charged at me, beat me, almost strangled me to death, threw my phone across the room. And when I tried to get back up, I fell flat like a vegetable. And at the time, I didn't understand why, but the domestic violence advocates told me it's because I lost oxygen to the brain. So the fact that I'm still here and I'm able to utilize my skills and my knowledge, it's truly a blessing. And after everything that happened, I stepped into God's purpose for my life. I stepped into it and I haven't looked back since. You see, I could have said, well, this happened. So I can't launch a business. I can't do all these things. But God made it clear. I need you to launch Life Service Center of America. And so I did. I stepped into his purpose for my life. So if you're listening to this message today, no matter what challenge you face in your life, get back up and maintain a resilient mindset and keep moving forward and keep God first in your life. Keep the faith because what is faith? Faith is believing in the things that you cannot see. It's holding on to that hope. Now, it's so important. Positive self-talk. Positive talk is so important. How you speak to yourself matters. You love yourself, right? So if you talk to yourself negatively, that, that's hate towards yourself. And it's no good because when you talk to yourself negatively, then you have a negative mindset and then you get negative results. But when you talk to yourself in a positive manner, then, and then you have a positive mindset, then you get positive results. And that, that happens in your life and in your business. So both are important. Now, self-care truly matters. How you show up in your business matters. You cannot help or serve others if your cup is not filled. I have a water bottle right here. <laughs> but yeah, so let's say, for example, it's not filled. You can't serve. So take care of yourself first and foremost. Now, mental health is so important. That goes hand in hand. It intertwines with self-care. Because if you don't have the proper mental health in business, you can't serve and you can't lead. So you need to take that time. If you're having a bad day, take time to take care of yourself. 
before you show up the next day because you do not want to show up in a negative manner in front of somebody you meet today based off something that happened yesterday. Now, write this down. What is the business goal you plan to accomplish by the end of the year? Write down the goal. If you're listening to this message today, write down your business goal for the end of the year. I want you all to take a moment. Let's take a moment and pause here right now. Think about that goal you have, the end of the year business goal. And now think about all of the goals that you've had for this year. Many of you have have achieved those goals, correct? Now, if there is a goal that you've put aside that you haven't achieved just yet, I acknowledge you and I encourage you to circle back to that goal. Circle back to it because I know you can achieve it by the end of the year. It all goes back to keeping the faith in business because what is faith again? Faith is believing in the things that we cannot see. You can't see it. But as long as you believe and you have hope and you keep God first, all things are possible because all things are possible with him. Now, write this down. Once you bounce back, stay up. Don't let the challenges in your life keep you down. I'll say it again. Once you bounce back, stay up. Don't let the challenges in your life keep you down. Get back up and keep up the good fight. Now, maintaining a positive mindset and taking personal responsibility of your life and actions truly matters. Too often, when something happens in our life and our business, many people, they say, oh, well, this didn't happen because of this or that person. No, we need to take personal responsibility of our lives and our actions and maintain a positive mindset because how you show up in this world truly matters. And you don't know how you may be able to help someone. But I promise you that maintaining a negative mindset will never be helpful to anyone. But if you maintain a positive mindset and you have the heart of a servant, I truly believe you may impact just one soul. And that's all. That's all that matters, right? One soul. So maintain a positive mindset. Now, I ask you, is God first in your business? He may be first in your life, but is he first in your business? Or some people believe in higher power. So you can replace that with, is higher power in my business? or whomever you believe in, you replace it and ask yourself that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gigi. Now you see the passion from where this comes from. Everything that Gigi believes is really building around faith and everything else will really fall into place. We have to get the right order of our lives in to be successful. Thank you, Gigi, for all that you do. You're welcome. Our next speaker is Nasiki. Uh, 
I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name. I'm not going to get this right. Nakoko. <laughs> Nakoko. <laughs> Founder and chairperson of Power and of Power to Lead with Integrity Incorporated and Foundations, the CEO of Athela Global Consultants, uh, Director International Coaching and Mentoring Institute, the CEO of Clubs Worldwide of the South African Global Business Connector, International Leadership Facilitator, Public Speaker, MC, Coach, Mentor, Podcast, uh, Guest, Co-Author of Skills Versus Degree, and Content Creator, Board of Directors in six organizations, Training Women for Board Director Positions. Wow. <laughs> this is going to be an amazing learning right now. Leadership, Power with Integrity. This is wonderful. Thank you and welcome, Nasiki. Thank you, Melanie, and thank you, Gigi. Thank you, Regni. It's so wonderful to be on the same platform with you all. And it is a very great opportunity for me to be here from South Africa, all the way you can imagine the miles in the waves. But I really thank God for this opportunity to come through and share my thoughts I know my time, I can flow in speech. Please, somebody must give me a sign when it's just one minute to go to, to wrap it up. Uh, um, the topic I have chosen for today is um, leadership power with integrity. And the reason for that is the cry of the nations, is the cry of everybody, even those who lead. We are crying about how this one word can really impact the world and impact all areas that are key effective areas and as we lead and do it to the purpose and the alignment of the design that God designed us to be and to live on this earth, all of us, amicably enjoy health to wealth with the purpose of God and to be here to serve in all areas where we have to serve. Now I have written a quote. Let me just share it. Your heart is your strength to take change and charge of life. Your positive mindset is your power to focus on your purpose, only you can do it. That's how I think when I think about leadership with integrity. Now let's talk for a moment about leaders really. Do they all, all have the power to lead with integrity? The power to lead, yes, they have it. We have seen the, the leaders of the past. They have the power to lead and take some of the businesses to greater heights. But there is this critical area. Was it all through with integrity? No, let me help you with the answer because it is no, not all, but yes, some have done their great impact in the world. Now, if this is a situation that you are still faced with today and in this era, what do we need to do? We need to shift our mindset. We have been talking about it. 
we have been doing it, maybe we need to lift it to a higher level. If the world is still crying today about the leaders, then it means we have to pause for a minute and think about the next strategies, how we take it higher so that everybody can enjoy the goodness of the world. We can live in good health. Take for instance, what we're crying about in the world now, just in this period of um, experiencing the pandemic, there is the high rate of gender-based violence. That is the safest place where you're supposed to be safe when there is a very serious a tragedy out there in the world. But now you are home and at home where there should be a leadership of a father, of a man who should take authority in the home. That's the one who is making all others victim under his negative energy. Now for a moment, we have changed our thinking in how to deal with it. Because remember that government will give you, even in, in my country, there were even uh, you know, NGOs that were developed by that time, registered, so that people can take care of women who are displaced. Why should women be displaced? Because of men who cannot lead with integrity at home. Let's change it for a moment. Now, our implementation in our leadership is that in my culture, if in a crawl, if there is a bull that is fighting other cows, the elders will do this. They will open the gate. They don't take out all other cows out of the gate, but the bull, so that others may live safely there. Now, our shift, we should look at take the bully out of the house and leave the woman at home in her comfort zone. She's bruised, she's dominated negatively, and now you're also taking her out of her comfort zone, throwing her out in the street and saying, it's a safe home for her. And she's being taken away from that. The person who should leave the comfort of the family is the bull and the bully. Let's change our shift. Let's shift the things we do. It, women have been taken out. It's never changing, but the rate is going high. I'll leave you for your thoughts. Now, the leadership is needed in all key areas of the society, not one, so that the whole leadership can be the leadership that should be leading the world to enjoy even the, the resources of each and every country. In my country, in South Africa, it is the richest of them all with natural resources, but only a few that are enjoying the resources of the nation. Or others will come and reap from the nations and from Africa. Where is the gap coming from? From the leadership. Now let's shift our mindset to integrity. And what is really this integrity? It is honestly really to doing the right thing in leading and protecting your, your people and making your country not to be ripped off and be like a skeleton 
instead of being a country that will make its own people enjoy their resources and not even be tamed like the you know low class people are under the situation under the leadership of you know the current leaders like they are undeserving poor they are called poor in poverty yet the land is so rich there's a shift that we need even the leaders of the corporate organizations are crying out to some the the situation cannot be out of control when there are good strategies and good strategies should focus on looking after the people of the nations and our countries. So if those who are in high authorities, they are looking after their own families and their own pockets, the nation will cry. In Proverbs 29 verse two, it says, when the wicked rule, people mourn, but when the righteous rule, people rejoice. And the righteous are those who execute with justice. God hates robbery. If people are living in pain, that's robbery by, from lead, by leadership that people cannot enjoy the very same land they were created to enjoy. Yet we go around and teach them about the why in their purposes. What is the why of the leadership? Why are they in leadership positions? What is their purpose to be in those leadership positions? On the why, the leaders should shift and ask themselves, who am I when I am being called a leader of an organization, a leader in the government, a leader in the church? So who am I really? And the age there in the why, how am I leading when I have the followers? If the followers are crying out as you lead, there should be a mind shift. There should be a strategy that should move from a transaction of speaking of promises to the people and the employees in the business place, but it should shift to transactions and transformation. We should transform and know that we are leading people who deserve the good to be. And the why they should yield to, yield to a position as a leader to respect people. Integrity is about respect. It's about accountability. It is about commitment. It is about consistency as well. It is about being accountable and be responsible. Be responsible for the people that you are leading. They are not just subjects, they are human beings. Now in all these areas that are key areas of influence, the leadership should be I'm taking it from a position of a change specialist. There should be a change in the family, the way the leaders in the family take care of their own household. There should be a leadership in the education space. In education right now, 
there is a cry. A lot of people have lost positions and lost their jobs as we're going through the pandemic. And look who is um, coming into play. Skills and development to lift up our economy. We just finished a book now that we just started in this period of, you know, when we could not go out and start to do the training that we used to do as professionals, hybrid in the workplace. So now we should shift and know what is the important thing that will lift up the economy. So our shift, I leave it to the leaders that let us look into scaling up our youth as they are leaders of tomorrow. Let us look into scaling up women in the boards in decision-making. Thank you very much, Gigi, for this opportunity. And now let us lift and support the governments as well. And not just say they are treating us bad, but let us be the change we want to see in the world. Thank you very much. Amen. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Thank you, Natsiki. Thank you so much. You know, as a John, leadership, John Maxwell leadership coach, I think about right now, he is in the Dominican Republic transforming lives. And that's what it's about, taking leaders and taking people and making changes at the highest levels so that you can make a difference in leadership, individually and business, and that changes the world. So thank you very much for bringing that to light again. It's so important and we all can make a difference in this change. Thank you. Our next speaker, uh, Ramonda Jean, founder of Women Business Club, empowering women to get visible leaders online. And she is joining us now. Thank you so much, Gigi, for bringing her back in. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be here. How are you all doing? Well, today I want to talk to you about the power of your voice, how to use your voice as your superpower. So I want to ask you, have you ever been told to stay quiet? Or have you ever been told that your voice doesn't matter? Or maybe you have felt like shrinking. Now, today you may see me as a speaker on global conferences, I run events, I empower other women to speak on stages and use their voice as a superpower. But for me, that wasn't always the case. I wasn't always being able to use my voice as a superpower. In fact, more than, uh, less than 10 years ago, I have lost my voice. I've been told to shrink. I have been told that my voice doesn't matter. I've been told that my message wasn't important enough. And I gone through a personal trauma where I felt like I needed to shrink, like my voice was taken away. I literally sat in my bedroom and looked in the mirror and I said to myself, Ray, please speak. I need you to speak. I felt deep shame, I felt deep fear, and I've lost my confidence, my own identity, and I didn't know how to use my voice any longer. I felt like I've lost everything, and I've gone through two years of shrinking away of my superpower. Something that 
inside of me was burning so much to use my voice as a superpower to empower other people because I felt so passionate about helping other entrepreneurs, business leaders, and those starting out in business to succeed and thrive. But yet I couldn't use my own voice. This trauma that I went through was the biggest shame of my life that I didn't know how to get out of it. You see, today I speak on stages and over the last 10 years, I have found a way back to myself. I have found a way back to finding my confidence again. I had to go through a lot of deep soul searching. I had to go through a lot of healing and starting again. It's the process of healing started really, really small. There was times when I couldn't even write a social media post. There was times in my life where I couldn't even speak to my own family about the things that I was going through. And you see, back then, I didn't know there were other people in the same position that I was in. I didn't know there were other people who lost their voices, who'd been through trauma, who'd been told to stay quiet, who'd been told to shrink, who'd been told they're not good enough. And I thought I was the only one. I was wallowing in my own self-pity. I was wallowing in my own hurt and pain without realizing that my message, my story was somebody else's survival guide. I remember just a few months ago, my mentor, Les Brown, asked me, why do you want to speak? And after nearly five years of hosting events and creating stages and mentoring other speakers to speak on our stages, that question really cut deep. And I asked myself, why do I want to speak? And for me, it was that knowing that I have I know what it feels like to lose your voice. I know what it's like to be told to shrink. So today, as you're listening to this conference, I want to encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, to dig deep and ask yourself, what pain, what trauma, what life experiences have you had that led you to where you are today? Because all of those things that you may feel deep fear about, deep shame, you may have some stories that you have never told before to any living soul. And you think these are the experiences that are so shameful for you. I want you to look at those stories and start to realize that these are your superpowers. These are the stories that you single-handedly gone through that taught you lessons, that made you stronger, that made you realize how to get yourself out of it. But, and you can use these stories now, today, to encourage somebody else to keep going, to keep thriving, to keep succeeding, or just keep getting out of bed. Because back then, there were days where I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't even put a social media post online because I felt so bad about myself. So today I want to say to you that your voice can be your superpower and your story of the things that you have been through is absolutely your superpower. Even today, I was on Clubhouse and I was talking to many ladies on in our room and so many of them said they've been they've been where I am today they've been in that position and they feel deep 
fear of public speaking. Because we as individuals, we fear the most of the people judgment. We fear what other people are going to think. We fear what other people are going to say about us. And the minute you let go of that fear, the minute you let go of your shame, you're able to stand in your truth. You're able to stand in your authentic self. And with the power of your message, you can impact other lives. I have seen many people who step up on, step on stage and they may be sharing their story for the very first time. And it's that authenticity and vulnerability of doing that for the very first time is what connects with the audience. When you're able to not only educate people and share the lessons from your experience, but be vulnerable about the time of your life where you felt uncomfortable, where you felt hurt, where you felt shame and fear. So how can you turn your story into a superpower? Because I know there are people out there in the world who are praying for answers, who are praying to connect with somebody else on a deeper level and hear your story, hear your testimony so they can keep going, so they can keep rising up, so they can realize they're actually not alone. And a lot of the times we walk in this life, we walk through this life thinking, we're alone. You're not alone. There are so many other people who have had bad experiences, difficult traumas, who have knocked them down, who have had to find a way to find the courage and the strength and their super superpower to keep getting up. And it's those moments, it's those moments when you decide that, you know what, that isn't going to hold me back anymore. Now I'm going to switch the script. I'm going to switch it up and say to myself, I can do this. I can keep moving forward and I won't allow the stories in my head keep playing back. You're not a victim of your story. You're not a victim of what happened to you. These life experiences were there to build you up. So I want you to take every single thing that anyone has ever told you to tear you down, to bring you down, to tell you, you need to stay quiet. You need to shrink and use those experiences to keep building yourself back up one step at a time. And the more you do it, the more confidence you will grow. This was a process for me that has taken me many, many years. And to some extent, it is still a process today to keep finding courage to speak, to keep finding confidence to speak up. The times when you feel like shrinking, these are the times I want you to flip the script and say to yourself, I'm going all in. I am going for what I want, for what I believe, because you have the power to change somebody's life with your story. Your story matters. Your story has the power. More than anything, I want to see you on this stage in the future. I want to see you sharing your testimony on this stage and say, 
Gigi, because of your speakers, because of the people on this stage, I felt empowered, I felt inspired, and I feel like now I can take the stage and share my testimony with you today to empower somebody else. Because your story is a superpower. Because the things that I thought about myself, the things that I thought about my voice, that I am quiet, people can't hear me. Every time I start in a meeting, people will say, I can't hear you. That timid voice was actually all along was just my superpower. So I wanna share something with you today. And these words, always, always inspire me. Every time I feel down, I, I read these words and they lift me up. So I want to read this for you. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light and not our darkness that most frighten us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. You playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightening about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We're born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just for some of us, it is for everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people the permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our own presence automatically liberates others. Today, take your story and use it as a superpower. Let your wounds be your inspiration. Let your story be your motivation and your voice, your secret weapon to inspire others. My name is Ramonda Jan. I have the honor to be here today and present to you. Thank you so much, Gigi, for creating this platform for us and giving us the opportunity to share our message. Thank you, Ramonda. Thank you, Ramonda. That was beautiful. Gosh, I hope you all are learning so much. This is an amazing group of speakers today. And yes, you have the power to get up on that stage and share your voice. And it is just takes that one step, that one step. Very inspiring. Thank you. Our next speaker is a friend of ours, Mark Villarreal. He is a business coach, a consultant, a speaker, and best-selling author of eight published books, 35-year veteran in corporate America, expert guest on ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, Sandy and Friends, and most recently, Hollywood Live with Jack Canfield. Today, he's going to talk to us about women in leadership, the landscape, challenge, need, and the key five key steps to success. Welcome, Mark. Well, thanks for having me, everybody, and Gigi, Melanie. It's great to be here, and I'm so inspired by everything I've heard so far this morning. So, yeah, one of the things that uh, I'm going to take a step back and really talk about first my journey and how I grew my passion for women in leadership. Uh, I'm the youngest of seven kids, so my mom was the biggest influence on me. Uh, of, you know, I'm a mama's boy. Let me just say that, and she would always tell me, you know, great leaders pay it forward, and that's hopefully what we're doing here. 
She, um, but uh, like Chris Salem said, my mom was very big on values and principles. Values, she would tell me, are what you live by. Principles are what you stand on. Uh, and she would explain that, that, you know, you could have values of trust, integrity, but they, they need to become a principle, which means that they need to become automatic. And that, you know, that was because character was so important to her. And as I was raised, my mom had the great gift. I say she was the best leadership coach who chose to be a housewife. And it's because she would always tell stories or say little sayings, whether I was young all the way up into adulthood and her death. And many times she would repeat herself on something she said when I was a child that she would say when I was a teenager and then when I was an adult. And that's why I always speak to that great leaders repeat themselves as well. My mom did many times. But you know, a couple of the lessons that she taught me and why they had an impact, she used to always tell me, I never want to see that little boy inside of you grow up. And she would explain that when you're a little boy, you dream that you can do anything, that uh, you know you could be a policeman, you'd be a fireman, and the next week you might want to be something else, right? I can do it. But she says, but as you grow up at some point in life, you start seeing the challenges and it starts affecting your belief system. And she says, so I want you to have that little boy in you at all times, because not only for yourself, but how you can inspire others. And she had so many stories like that. When we speak about values, and if you look at my website, the first value that I speak about is humility. And that comes where my mother would teach me that humility is a strength, not a weakness, to where a lot of times we let, you know, she would say, your ego is not your amigo. So and we're Hispanic family. So she would spin it in that way. But she would say, humility will teach you that you'll learn from others. And, you know, it's important that you seek mentors in life that mentor you. But as you get mentor, mentor others, because you'll find that you learn more when you mentor others than, uh, you know, than when you are mentored. You'll learn from their experiences. So it was those type of things. A couple other confrontation as a benefit, because she was very big on confrontation, not in certain arguments. But it's important that you confront issues quickly. And as you become a leader and in business and you get known for a person that confronts issues quickly to get to the other side, you'll be appreciated for that. And one of my favorites was bad news doesn't get better with time. Uh, you know, obviously, as a child, if I tried to hide something, uh, it didn't get better with time. It would always get found out and it would get worse. And as I grew and I developed into leadership, it was all these lessons from my mother that it helped me see from uh, that my mom had great logic along with her emotions. And sometimes there's a misperception out there that men are logical, women are emotional, and women do have stronger emotional skills as a whole than men do. But what happens is that men just don't see the logic in the women is because they see the emotion, those strengths that they have that are usually stronger than the men. The next story that, that brings me to that is early in my career, I was what was called a turnaround specialist. So, you know, early 90s, maybe late 80s, uh, I would be sent to uh, businesses with, and that were struggling and ready, uh, ready to close their, their doors. And I went to one that was a single owner business of a franchise organization, and they were $500,000 in debt ready to close the door, customers calling and complaining, 
uh, vendors calling, asking where their money is to get paid on payments. And uh, they brought me in. And, you know, it was never Mark that turned around the business. Obviously, I went in and assessed the leadership, helped put a plan in place, really worked on the culture. But ironically, as I worked on hiring, you know, bringing in new people, it wasn't by design, but I started rebuilding a lot with single mothers. And so I would hire, you know, the first single mother, she would come in and, you know, she had that, I cannot fail attitude. And what can I take home to, to read, to learn? What, how can you help me with this skill set? Help build me a development plan. And then that single mother would refer another single mother and then another single mother. And soon I had nine single mothers uh, within that organization and uh, as well as other employees. And that organization, the single mothers, some went into leadership and are still in leadership organizations within that same business today. But that location within two years won the most outstanding location of that franchise organization that had over 260 locations worldwide. And that owner that was $500,000 in debt was able to sell that business three years later for uh, $12 million. And by working with the single mothers and in other you know, women that you know, weren't single or, or weren't married, you know, uh, or had had no children, I really worked on adding women to leadership teams and started seeing the effect on how they created more balanced decision-making uh, and fleshed out great decision making. And that's because of, you know, they have the perseverance, they have the emotional intelligence, but they have that logic as well. So it really worked on balanced decision making. So from that time zone, you know, time frame, because of them helping drive my success, I've had that passion that I've really worked on mentoring aspiring women leaders uh, to, to success. And I've done that for over 25 years. I'm also a board member of Art Empowering Women. And with that mentoring, I developed a system that really what's culminated on what do I do? What are the stages that we take them through? And why does it work? So here's where I come and I talk about, well, what's, what's the foundation? Because I put this in my most recent book, A Script for Aspiring Women Leaders, Five Keys to Success. So. The landscape today is, although women make up 50% of corporate America, they only make up 10% of what you call the C-level, which is those that report to the CEO or the president. And so that would be your pipeline for future CEOs. And in fact, today, the S&P 1500, it's 5.1% are CEOs. So you can see there's, although we've come a long way, we have a long way to go. However, there's been a study that also shows that diverse organizations with women in leadership actually perform 16% better than those that don't. So it's like, well, why don't we have more women in leadership? And as I've worked on to, you know, putting my program in place and really fleshing out with the tools and the resources, I've reached out to a lot of women organizations that I've known and been a part of or participate in. And you know, it's ironic that some women do not believe they're competing against men and some believe they are. And I'm not here to say one way or the other, but the data is still the data. I do uh, really believe that um, <clears throat> the women that don't believe that they're competing against men, in fact, men, uh, 
actually uh, say we have our own unique gifts. And so they create their own narrative. So that's why the conversation earlier about creating your own narrative, those ones have gone and they fed the strength to create their own narrative and they drive that way. But so here's what we do. You can see I talked about what is the need for women in leadership for the process and the tools that we take them through in the book, A Script for Aspiring Women Leaders. And we also built a 52-page workbook that is for free, that is downloadable, and it, it, it's a fillable PDF, so it doesn't have to be printed out. But the first step is what we call define what you will live by. And so what are you going to live by? And that's where we're talking about, have you ever assessed your own personal values? What are the top five to seven uh, that you will live by? Because your values that you say, here are my core values, will help drive your decisions uh, from that point forward. Just like they do with an organization, they should help define your decisions, uh, what routes you're going to take, what jobs you're going to apply for, to make sure that they match your values as well. And then we help within that is to you know, define your core goals, which we talk about your personal goals. Where do you want to be short term in a year? Where do you want to be long-term? And we even talk about 20 years. And we do this because it's, it, you have to define what is my passion that I'm going to live, uh, you know, live by. And then chapter two is define what you will live for. So we take it the next step further and we start evaluating what are your professional goals. And when you have to evaluate your professional goals, the stage has to be of how do I evaluate and assess those? How do I define what the gaps are? And then how do I start building the stages of an action plan? But I can't fully flush that out yet because when we do these, I could tell you that when I mentor women, they wanna get out there, rush out. And I, sometimes I have to slow them up a little bit because third stage is, I call it prepare for battle. And I call it prepare for battle is because when I've mentored women, I always see that if I don't prepare them for battle or at least mentor them on how they do that, there's always going to be a roadblock. And many times those roadblocks or setbacks are close to home. It could be the naysayers and the family or you know, yeah, even the spouse. So here's where we teach them how to find support networks. And support networks, there's great support networks out there that can be chambers of commerce, but we also have them focused on women-only support networks. So outside of me, in fact, there's a great, a quote out there, it's an anonymous quote that says, behind every successful woman are other successful women who have her back. And that's what the women's support networks supporting women are very good. So we have an evaluation process on how you find support networks and then how you evaluate them. And part of that is based upon what you did in chapter two, what are your goals and what are your gaps and the skills and do these support networks possibly can help me get there. And then you go visit the support networks and we have evaluation process on what you do when you visit them. But that then takes you to chapter four, which is now, how do you build that action plan? Because you have your support networks, you have uh, even other resources that you may have on where you work, but that action plans is where you start flushing out your, how do I develop my skills? How do I go work towards accomplishing my goals? How do I put that in the plan? Yeah. We utilize SMART goals, which is from the book, Good to Great. And in chapter five is now that you're starting to achieve, how do I keep the momentum? So we always have an evaluation process. And then how do we pay it forward that we help others? 
So, you know, we talk about having an accountability partner. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, a lot of the people I work with and Jack, Jack Cancel's really big too on an accountability partner, but CEOs join groups where they have an accountability partner of other CEOs where they meet once a month. And we teach that for aspiring women leaders to have an accountability partner where they're going to meet five to 10 minutes once a month and hold each other accountable. So that is really, you know, our program that we put together. Uh, we, we help build it to help drive that success. And we even built it out in e-learning now as well, but it really helps drive that passion because women do make great leaders. And I've worked with small companies to large $5 billion organizations like the Cesar Chavez Foundation, and to really work on how they flush out their leadership teams to build that balance. Uh, in fact, I think I'm right on time here. I look at my time, but I'll finish with a story. Uh, a story that uh, my mom used to uh, tell me all the time. I, I, used, I tell this in my book and in my book, Leadership Lessons from Mom, I'm very vulnerable on things that I did that my mom would correct me on. And I used to have uh, uh, take to her sometimes a couple of my boys to babysit and drop them off. And she loved the grandkids. But one day she stopped me because she said, you know, you're probably dropping them off too much and you need to take these boys and do, uh, do something that makes an impact today. You know, do something that matters was what she exactly said. But as I grew up in different stages of my life, she used to always ask me, did you do something that matters today? And you need to start asking yourself at the end of the day, what is it I did that matters? And if you can answer that, then you should be able to sleep well. So that's what I leave you with. And I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. I love how you take us through why your passion is so important about women. And it starts with your mom. So many people say, what's your story? And I love yours because you really do care passionately about helping women become stronger leaders. Uh, you're an amazing guy. Thank you for sharing today. Well, thank you for having me. Let me know how I could always help. <laughs> thank you. Our next speaker today is Manira Zahabi. She's known as the niche navigator, an author, speaker, influencer, and entrepreneur. She's going to talk to us about niche shift, how to navigate to your niche clients. Thank you for joining us, Manira. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be here. Thank you, Julie, for doing this and Melanie for introducing me. You know, Winston Churchill says that all communication, good communicators got get to the point before their audience start listening. So what's the point, right? I've been often asked about exactly, can you look at my niche? Can you look at my message? Can you look at my course? What do you think of this, that? And I, sometimes I feel like the cat in the hat, right? But I'm going to tell you something. When you shift your niche and you figure out what it is that you want to do, you also have to define that niche. So today we are going to talk about defining your niche. You may be the master in your niche and you know the subject in and out, but I tell the people who ask me that it doesn't matter to me because the one I'm not going to buy from. What should matter is the opinion of the person that you are targeting, your ideal customer your target audience, 
It is their opinion that should matter to you. So what are you saying that really grabs their attention and shifts, right? Shifts their thinking towards you. How are you targeting them? And what are you saying to them? So I am the niche navigator and I'd like to share three tips on how you can craft your message to resonate with the ideal clients that you want to serve and shift the thinking. I have a friend who went to medical school. She hated it. Then she figured out that she, in order to help people, all she had to do was shift her thinking and start working with the herb and Chinese, ancient Chinese methodology. And so she learned how to do acupuncture. Today, 10 years later, she's a renowned acupuncturist here in the state of Chicago, in, in the state of Illinois, in the Chicagoland. She helps women who have struggled with getting pregnant. And that's her niche. She nailed it, right? So you've been told, hey, you need to have a niche. But I'm going to ask you, you already what, know what you want to do. All you have to do is figure out that dot. So let me ask you one more question. Have you defined your niche? Have you really defined your niche? People here are going to say, I know all about niches. But I'm going to tell you, you haven't heard what I'm going to tell you about niches. See, we are, in the, we are all in the business to sell our product, service, and course. We want others to excel. We are here to help other people. And all the panelists that went before us gave us great tips and tricks, right? And what we have learned today is to show up and be consistent and they embrace the chaos and be transparent. But let me tell you, in all of that, you also need to craft your message. What is it that you want your audience to know? Yes, you can be humble and transparent, but how are you showing up? I showed up as the niche navigator. I've had this name for almost five years now, but I do had to go through this process because I had to keep defining. Today, I help coaches who are out there struggling with their niche to define their niche and refine their message. How do we cut through the noise? See, there's a lot of people drumming out there. We get bombarded. We get so many requests, friend requests, ads about other people in our same field who want to market to us. But what do we want to do? We want to cut that competition and stand out. So how do you stand out, right? Do, uh, we have to understand the audience's needs and we have to reach to them by speaking to them that we are the only ones with the solution to their problem. I'm telling you, everybody here has a problem. Everybody out there has a problem. So before we think this is complicated, the great news is that we are all experienced this deep customer connection in the past. Think for a second. Did you ever go back and watch the replay or a webinar or 
go to a sales page and say, oh my God, what did I just do? I bought something I didn't need. But then think about the time before you purchase it, just before you purchase it, that person was talking to you and you thought, if I don't get this now, I'm gonna lose out. It's the sense of urgency, but not only the urgency, it is the messaging that was directed to you. I know you're nodding because you've done it before. I know it. So today in this hyper-competitive world, we need to understand our niche, connect with our purpose instead of by accident and by instinct. There's a science to doing this. And if you want to succeed, we just got to know our niche in and out. It doesn't matter if it's up here. We got to take it out here and put it on paper and put it where everybody can read it. Everybody can connect with us with. So here's the point, right? Words, messages are words. How you phrase your message matters. Words carry emotion. Words carry meaning. Words create pictures. Words are more powerful than you could ever imagine. When you express words, your love for it shows. It creates a connection. It creates an influence. The secret to messaging is defining your niche. And if you nail one thing down, it will change your life. John's philosophy, John Maxwell is my mentor. His philosophy is, always, is to be authentic and to be intentional in everything we do. Niching down is the ability to identify with people and to relate to them in such a way that when we do talk to people, it increases our influence with them. So knowing your niche allows us to stand out, cut through the noise and create an emotional connection. This is not manipulative. It's just that we are being an effective communicator. So here are the three tips that I want to share with you. The first one is objective. What is the objective of your message? What do you want people to take away? What action do you want the people to take after they've received your message? Remember the time when you first bought something and then had to go back and listen to the replay, look for the reviews? Same concept. We don't want to put anybody in jeopardy, but we know that everybody who have listened to you have received your message loud and clear. It's a 10-4 situation when the police officers or people in the army says 10-4 message received, right? Second, what are you asking your audience to do? Every time you reach out to your audience, your core message should be clear. Tony, Tony Robbins, his message is always revolving about personal power. Steve Harvey's is reinvention. And Judd Judy on TV, her message is always the truth will prevail and so forth. So you get the idea, right? The idea is when you show up, people need to know that. We look at 
Jack Canfield, he's always chicken of chicken uh, soul of the uh, chicken soup of the soul, right? All that stuff. All of those people have created one message, even though they speak different things. The core message is the same. And tip number three: if you have defined your niche, then you know what you are all about. But sometimes, what's in our idea does not seem seems simple to the person we are talking to. I met this coach on a train and he said he teaches women how to lose weight. And after probing and probing and probing, it took me 30 minutes to figure out that he helps women lose the weight they put on during pregnancy. Don't make that mistake. Make sure that your niche message is defined and refined. That when he says something, it's like, I lose, I help women lose weight after they put on pregnancy. It doesn't have to be a 30 minute process. Now, I know, I don't know if these what the tips were helpful, but I know they are going to be effective if you put them in place. My advice is, for you to take your time defining your niche. You can't bring that message out in a day. It takes a little bit of time, but work at it every single day. If you need help or just need somebody to listen or resonate with your message, go ahead and message me because I work with this all the time and I can help you refine and define your message. Regilin, I thank you so much for doing this for me and Melanie for introducing me again but I'll tell you one thing for the people who are still sitting out there on the sidelines you know the last thing that I want to leave you with is execution it's the hardest thing getting to the point is the hardest thing I'm going to ask everybody to do this stand up and when you take a shower today make sure you put some cold water on your body because cold water will vibrate you and it's the most uncomfortable thing that you will do when that happens it's going to awaken your body so take some incredible action for yourself and get your get your message refined and defined thank you very much thank you Manira. I appreciate you. Now, our next speaker is our master of ceremonies and sponsor of this event. And she has been our master of ceremonies and sponsor for all of our events of 2021. And I'm, it's just truly an honor, Melanie Ake, to have you here with us. Now, Melanie Ake, she's the founder of Everyday Leaders Professional Coaching and Consulting, a certified John Maxwell team leadership coach, speaker, and trainer. And as a certified Y Institute agent, she helps others discover their own why. Melanie's professional influence began at Walt Disney World and carried into financial services, fundraising, and medical device sales and leadership. She believes in the power of our mindset to design our life with purpose. She is a popular event master of ceremonies. Welcome, Melanie Ake. Thank you, Gigi. This is so exciting. Thank you for letting me share today a little bit about my passion about why everybody's talked about it. So I want to ask you guys first, what if you could increase your effectiveness as a communicator by 37%? 37%, would that change your life or your business? 
So like Gigi said, I founded Everyday Leaders five years ago because I really believed my purpose in life was to help other people find their purpose. I do this by challenging them to find better ways to communicate what their purpose is and make sense out of their life to make a bigger impact. This is so powerful. I went through it myself. It transformed how I was showing up for my business and the clients that I was serving. So for years, I was leading other people in medical device sales and service in servant leadership. And all of it was really to overcome obstacles in what they were challenged with. And so what I learned about myself was this was a gift that I had. It was not something that I wanted to hide behind. It was actually a strength and a value. Many people today have talked about what we do, what the process is, how do we serve people with a bigger heart? So I believe in developing people from their heart is from their why, so that they can have a bigger impact, feel more fulfilled, and then live into their potential. My mentor, John Maxwell says, when you know your why, you know your way. And as the number one leadership guru for over 40 years, he knows. <laughs> he teaches all across the world, and he's actually doing it today with transformation teams in the Dominican Republic. And so you heard Chris Salem say it. You heard Natsitsky say it. You heard Manera talk about it here with, uh, the, um, with the niche navigation. But knowing your why changes everything in your success. It changes the impact and the speed of your success, and it can transform your life. So as an international leader and business leader, and a, a, the toughest person you know that you have to lead is yourself. So you have to really stop and think, I can tell other people how to do this, but am I going to own the process? And this is how we become an effective leader. So many times we start into our leadership journey and we think, yeah, if I could have that glass ceiling office, if I could have that title, that'll make me an influencer. And my Max, my John Maxwell teaches about leadership as influence, nothing more and nothing less. And so this is what we all hope to become as effective leaders is to have influence. But the only way that we can influence people is through communication. So if we don't get communication right, and I ask you in the beginning, if you want to become a better communicator, what if you could increase that by 37%? 37%. That could make a huge impact in what you do and what you achieve. So over the past 30 years as a business influencer and a leader, the following process really helped me create a way, a predictable process, to discover how I needed to communicate more effectively. For many years, I had been studying Simon Sinek, and I met him for the very first time at the John Maxwell Live to Lead Conference in 2016. And I, at that time, was training international sales teams on how to become distributor reps into company reps. So it was a big deal, and it was in nine different languages, and I only spoke English. <laughs> so starting with Simon's why, start with why. His TED Talk, if you haven't seen it, go there right now and tag it for later. Start With Why was one of the most popular TED Talks that Simon's concept about how we communicate from our why instead of from what we do really changed the way people heard us. 
He, in fact, on my group of everyday leaders, I posted one of his conversations today about how we listen and how we hear. It really does change us when we listen to someone and we give them the opportunity to finish their thought instead of saying, oh, yeah, I know what you meant to say. Oh, I heard you. Or trying to finish something to say, oh, I can connect to you. Connecting is really about listening fully and completely. And so if we can get this down as a communicator, wow, that would change our life. 37% greater capacity to be a better communicator. It changes everything. So Simon teaches about the order and why it's so important. And like Manera said, it's the why, it's the how, it's the what. And so many other speakers talked about this and referenced it too. But Simon partnered with Gary Sanchez, the founder of the Why Institute, and they now have a predictable process. It's about 1,500 questions in a database, but you really, you take it and it's like the disc, it's like strength finders, it's anything else, but it truly helps you identify your why. And so when we understand that, we can begin to grow and communicate from this space. And like Simon has researched, we start to speak from our limbic part of the brain. Now, if you're not a science major, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so where's the limbic part of the brain? It's in the back. <laughs> and it controls the emotional feeling and connection. And so if you were able to really connect with someone when you communicated with them, not just facts and figures, but if you were really able to touch somebody's heart when you asked them for help, when you asked them to participate, when you asked them to listen to you, what you had to say was important and they actually listened. So Simon realized that this is a way, if we can communicate from our why, everything in our life starts to change. So if we stay close to our values, right? Walking the walk and talking the talk. This is really important because when people hear us from our limbic part of the brain, they see us, they watch us, they see how our values match our language, and they really start to believe in our journey. And that's when they believe what we believe. It was several years of personal leadership development and an investment in myself. And I have to say, I've studied way over 20,000 hours in my own personal development since I started, and it has changed my life learning value-based principles, and now letting myself help other people with that, not just keeping it for myself, but helping others. So in 2020, I joined the Y Institute, and now I'm able to really take this process and become servant leaders in the communities, really serving other leaders and helping them discover their why. So what we've discovered and what I teach is there are nine whys. So I would love for you to grab your journals and your paper. I'm gonna take you through these real quick and just think about what you believe your why is. Not taking the assessment yet, but thinking about what do I believe really motivates me in everything that I do. So here we go. 22% of the world are contributors. This means you show up to contribute to a greater cause and make an impact. 16% of the world are based on trust. Everything they do is to create relationships based on trust. 15% of the world are make sense. What that means is they want to make sense of the complex and challenging. 11% are to challenge the status quo. 
think differently, and create something that does not already exist. That's mine, by the way. (laughs) 6.5% are simplify. These people, we need them. They make everything simple. 7.2% are clarify. They want to be understood and they want to understand the process. These are the people that ask you a lot of questions because they want to get things clear. 8.8% are right way, means they know that there's a process for everything and a process will be followed. These are the great people in your life that make all the regular and beautiful recipes for Thanksgiving. 13.5% are better way. They create better ways to make an impact. They are the innovators in our lives. And 5.7% finally are the masters. These gain knowledge about multiple different levels of ideas and and are the ones that we go to for everything that we want to know. Hey, Uncle John, he knows that. I'll ask him. So think about these people in your life and these percentages because if whatever your why is, the other part of the percentage is what people aren't. So if you don't know how to communicate with them, you're not an effective communicator. So knowing this process really helps you to get clear, to stand out and make a bigger impact. Now, for individuals and business owners, when they're able to understand their why, the passion that fuels them, how to build their teams in a constructive manner, this changes the game. And think about this. Rogni said 1%. If you invest 1% of your time, did you know that's actually 14 minutes a day? So if you were able to change how you communicated 14 minutes a day differently in your relationships, in your business, in your marketing, that if you did that for 365 days in a row, you would make an impact of 37% in your life and business. That's huge, right? So I ask you, do you want to be a better communicator? And could you think you could do it at 37% impact? You have that opportunity to do it just 14 14 minutes a day. So in closing, I believe everyone can be an effective communicator. I think you have the capacity to be a leader, to be a servant leader, and to learn these steps to truly become heart-centered in everything that you do. And I challenge you to discover your why so that you can, again, get clear, stand out, have a bigger impact in everything that you do in your life. If you know your why, you know your way. I invite you to join the Heart of Leadership Live. It's a summit that I'm having December 5th. We're going to hear from a lot of heart-centered leaders that know their why and they're showing it's the way. Thank you so much, Gigi, for having me today. Thank you, Melanie. That was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Our passion just oozes, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. So... Our next speaker is Veronica, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So let me find her on my list here. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Veronica Sofer, uh, she has been on many panels with us. Uh, She is an award-winning visibility strategist with over 20 years of public relations experience. And she's going to share with us the power of storytelling. So welcome, Veronica. 
Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. The talks have been phenomenal, and I just appreciate everyone sharing their why, sharing their passion, and sharing their expertise. So I'm going to go ahead and set my timer now because I don't want to go over. But what I do want to do is make sure that I connect and bring some value uh, in my small way to contribute to this great cause. So thank you, Gigi. Thank you, Melanie. You guys have always done phenomenal work, and I'm just so excited and honored to be here. So you know, the thing that we know about storytelling is that it, it was the, it's been the way that humans have communicated since the beginning of time. We told stories to convey warnings, to convey excitement, to convey love, to convey all kinds of things. And we knew that once people could make a connection, that they were going to learn the information. This is how societies have taught agriculture and have taught the ways that, that they've been successful as a society. So when we really, when we think about what we're trying to do in a global business environment, we have to connect with people and people have to be able to connect with us. And that means showing up authentically. Back to Melanie's points, it's talking about sharing our whys and tapping into all of the ways that we can bridge one person to another. So storytelling is really at the core of how you can grow your business. And so today I'm going to share with you some steps that I have used and that I share with my clients and with the organizations that I work with. And the one thing I always, always start with, no matter what kind of conversation we're talking about, it's understanding the problem that we're trying to solve. So if you're taking notes, step one is what problem are we trying to solve? Once you get the answer to that question, it is going to keep you focused because oftentimes as we're brainstorming, we're excited about a story we're going to tell, we're excited about a product launch, we're excited about an initiative or a program we're supporting, we get distracted and we get off topic. So once we can answer the question of what problem we're trying to solve, then you have a laser focus that you can start growing and moving toward with everyone on the team. Step two is understanding your target audience. And what I tell people is you may have several different types of audiences that you're trying to get to. Maybe your message is gonna be important for your internal, your internal community and your external community. So your stakeholders on both sides may need to know this information. So for purposes of this exercise, I always tell people to select one target audience. That will help you create and craft a message that's gonna resonate specifically. Now, that doesn't mean you can't go back and do this exercise again with your other target audience, but it's always important to at least, you know, sketch out and have an outline for your messaging when you're thinking about the story that you're going to put together for them. Step three is really understanding what the current target perception is. So you've identified the problem you're trying to solve. Maybe it's creating awareness for a product you're launching. You've identified who your target audience is. You've, you've um, outlined the demographics, their income, where they consume their information, where they consume their, their social media, the types of buying patterns that they have. And then you want to find out what their current target perception is. So maybe they're, the, the perception is that they don't really know you exist but you want them to know you exist. So if you hone in on, on um, that type of messaging, then you're going to be able to more quickly get to where you want to get. And that is make an impression with folks. Step four is understanding what the single message will be that will get your target audience to, the, to, the, to where you want them to go, to that target perception that you want them to have. Now, people always ask me, 
a single message, isn't that a bit much? I mean, don't you need to have several so that people can choose from? Well, we'll get to that in just a second. But at the end of the day, there is just one single message. And maybe that single message is learn more, buy now, reach out, connect, whatever that message is, you want to get it to its simplest form because a good story has a very, very clear point that's going to get you to the next to the next level. And that's what we call our call to action. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But once you identify the identify it at its simplest form, it's going to get you there. So I always tell people not to get complicated. Don't throw in a lot of adjectives. That's not where the creative process lies. We're talking about creating an outline for a, a storytelling, a, a, a message that's going to really bridge the storytelling from, from you to them. And then again, back from them to you, because you want it to be a conversation and not just a one-way way of communicating. So uh, once you've gotten that single message, so the next thing you're going to identify, and this is step five, if you're keeping track, step five is identifying the key insights that will support this message. And so this is where you, your creativity gets to come in. And this is when you get to use some adjectives. And this is when you can start digging into your heart and your soul and really start bringing in the things that you enjoy about this particular topic or that resonate with you that you think others will like too. So again, if, you're, if your target audience is, is one where you want them to know that your product exists, Use words like um, exciting, phenomenal, robust, because if those words resonate with you, then as you're crafting this message and you're designing the foundation of your storytelling, then you're going to get to the next level with words that people can relate to. Because when we hear words, we're also creating visuals in our mind. And it's, it is embedding all those embedded emotions that we have about that word start to, to come to come forward. And that's what we want. We want to trigger an emotion because at the end of the day, we're going to want an action. So this is the part where you start getting really creative when you're developing your key insights. And you know that if you've got a problem to solve, that uh, people are looking for a solution because you wouldn't be just doing this if you didn't know that people needed a solution because there was a lack of, and you're coming in and you're creating uh, a, an opportunity for people to have that problem resolved. And lastly, step six is really identifying your tone and manner. You know, I tell people all the time, sometimes CPAs or people, maybe attorneys or people that work in the business world, they think their industry is boring. And so they really focus on their advertising and marketing and their storytelling that is very conservative, very bland, doesn't have a lot of adjectives, isn't very colorful, but is that really the tone and manner that they want to connect with, uh, with other folks? And sometimes the answer is yes, and that's okay. If you're a CPA and your business model is one of very clear processes and there's not a lot of room for fluff, then maybe that's exactly the message you want to convey. And maybe that is the story you want to tell, that you are super conservative, that you are a rule follower, that you do uh, color between the lines and there is no room for outside the box. That's okay if that's who you are. Honor that and make sure it's conveyed in your storytelling. But if you're creative, maybe you're an interior designer, maybe you're even in technology, but you're very progressive in your thinking, then you want your tone and manner to resonate with who you are authentically and the services that you can provide folks as, as you're thinking through how they um, can can connect with you in your business. 
And then once you have taken those steps and you've identified who your target audience is and you've identified the problem you're trying to solve, the tone and manner, the current perception, the target perception, the key insights that are going to help your message get crafted, that's when you can put it all together, look at your notes and start designing a story from your past, from your heart, from your business portfolio, that's going to resonate with other people. You put it all together and then you get to create visuals. Because while words are important, we know that we process information through all of our senses, through our, through our listening, through our, even through our uh, taste and smell, all of our senses help us craft a story and an image in our mind, because that's the beauty of how the brain operates. And I love Melanie tying in some of those uh, great brain facts, because it's absolutely true. Advertisers have known this since the beginning of time. You want all their senses to, to really start thinking and making connections because that's when someone is going to uh, remember what it is you do, even if they don't need your services. Maybe the problem you're trying to solve isn't a problem they have, and that's okay too, but that doesn't mean they won't know someone who might have that same problem or a similar problem, and they'll make the connection because your message resonated with them. And uh, the last bit of information I will share that I want people to really remember is relevancy and timing. You know, timing sometimes is a little tricky because we live in a digital world where we want to um, map out our messaging for a month, two, three, six months in advance. Some, some organizations map out every quarter their messaging, and that's a great strategy. I absolutely love that strategy. But what we have to be mindful of is that as humans living in a society, there are variables that have to be taken into consideration. So when you're using technology to map out all these messages, maybe on a program like Hootsuite, that you, know, you can load all your social media out there ahead of time. We have to remember when we're in crisis or in tragedy, we need to pay attention to what we're putting out there or what's scheduled to be put out there. Oftentimes I've seen phenomenal campaigns and stories ready to get posted on social media. And the person has loaded it weeks in advance. And then there's a crisis. Maybe there's a, you know, a hurricane or some sort of natural disaster. Um, and what we're not doing is pushing pause on our messages. And it's inappropriate and it's insensitive. And it's, it's a simple business mistake, especially one that entrepreneurs who are doing everything on their own might find themselves doing. But I always remind people to, to be cognizant of what's happening in the world around us, have empathy for others, and just know that while we believe our message is so important to get out there, sometimes the timing isn't right. So please, if you take nothing else from this talk, remember to check on um, all of your platforms that you're using, all of the messaging that you're putting together, and make sure that the timing is right so that you are not insensitive and you are instead creating um, a brand, uh, reinforcing your brand as one that's sensitive. So I hope that these tips have been very helpful. I um, love connecting with folks. If anyone has any questions, you can reach out to me. My website is veronicavsofer.com and I'm always available. And I just so appreciate Gigi and Melanie putting this opportunity together for us, because if there's anything that I can do to help another entrepreneur, then I will absolutely do so. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Ron. you. <laughs> we appreciate it. That's awesome. It's so good to see you here. There's so many passions that we have, right? Uh, it's great to have you here in this business leadership conference. Thank you.
Okay, Gigi, I know we're moving people around in the green room. Who do we have next? We have Christy Love next. Christy Love, super excited. All right, sit down, grab your journals. She is an authority on communication and connection. We've been talking about this. An award-winning speaker, confidence and public speaking coach, executive trainer, author of the book, From Stage Fright to Superstar, and the podcast host of the Be Seen and Be Loved podcast. She's going to talk to us about communication. So thank you for joining us, Christy. Absolutely. I am so, so, so very excited to be here, everyone. So let me begin. Let me see if I can share my screen here. Yes, ma'am. Am I sharing? <clears throat> it does not look. It does not look like it wants to share. All right. Well, I've had a series of technical difficulties, but that is okay. We will should, just. Christy, you should be able to share the screen. If you click on share screen, it should share allow you to. Screen. <clears throat> okay. And then click on the screen you'd like to share and you should be able to Everything share. Everything is white. Everything looks whited out with a big, um, with a big emergency message. Never seen that before. It's a triangle with an explanation point. Do you want to proceed without it or do you want to go up next? I can certainly proceed without it. Okay. Hello, everyone. Well, let me just begin. My name is Chrissy Love. And today I'm going to talk about masterful communication. Now, masterful communication is so, so very important. And I wanted to share a quote that I read that talks about how people with effective communication and connection skills make on average 30% more than those who do not. And so if you're in business, this is one skill that you absolutely must master in order to for one, gain more sales. Number two, repeat buyers and also referrals. And so let me just share a little bit about my story. Uh, my story started around 18 years ago when I got an opportunity to work for a Fortune 500 company in sunny Southern California. It was like a, my dream job. Well, also during that time, I was required to speak and establish relationships with other leaders of major corporations. But at that time, I developed a social anxiety disorder called a glossophobia. I hope it, many of you may not know what that is, but pretty much it's a serious case of stage fright. And see, over time, one, one second. There we are. There I am. All right. So a serious case of stage fright. So at that time, I couldn't speak to anyone. Definitely not do a summit like this. But I couldn't speak to anyone one-on-one. I couldn't shake anyone's hand. Definitely in meetings, I couldn't speak up or even ask a question. I couldn't even answer a phone call, leave a voice message. It was that bad. But remember, I got a great opportunity, and I didn't want it to, to let it go. So I found out about an organization called Toastmasters International, and I knew that they help people with these kind of situations. So I found a group that was meeting a couple of blocks from my job, and I got off work about five o'clock. The meeting started at seven. So I thought, hey, I just drive on over, hang out for a couple of hours, eat my dinner, and then walk in. Well, 
it didn't work out that way. You see, I sat in a car for two hours, screaming, crying, and hyperventilating because I was terrified to walk in that door. But I did muster enough courage to do that. I walked in and the only thing I could do was say, hi, my name is Christy, and sit down. Well, over time, I began to learn the art of public speaking and helps hundreds of people along the way. And what I found was that, for one, my passion was to never, ever allow anyone to stay stuck, stagnant, and feel inferior because of their inability to speak. The other thing that I noticed was that when I had speech issues or problems speaking up in public, the positions that I I got at that time were very low. However, when I gained the skill that I'm going to teach you now, my skills or my ability to gain jobs and, and career opportunities were much more advanced. So at that time, I began to be the face and the voice of the CEO instead of starting way down at the bottom. I see my presentation is starting now. Yes, we were able to pull it up. Okay, great. Well, where am I? Let's go on down a little bit too. Let's see the blue one down there. Uh, there we are. Yeah, that one there. The next one. For the sake of time. Okay, so we're going to go over mindset. We're going to go over some public speaking tactics and perfecting and honing in on your craft. So let's start with the mindset. When you have stage fright or any kind of negative feelings about being in front of people, there's a reason why that is happening. And what I found for one is that usually it comes from when we were young, we were kids. We were kids, what did people say? Be quiet, sit down. And then you went to school, what did your teacher say? Hush, be quiet, sit down. And if you didn't obey, you would get what? A negative report on your report card. And even in more trouble. So as we grow and we become these great leaders, we think, hey, you know, I can speak, I can lead teams, I, you know, I have a great business, but when you're put on the spot, all of these negative feelings start to surface again. That's called stage fright. It's a form of stage fright. So how do we get over that? The first way to get over that is to, for one, know your why. Your why is very, very important. Why do you want to be a more effective speaker? And it can't be superficial. You know, some people say, oh, I just want to be a better speaker so I can look good in front of my team. No, it has to be more than that. For instance, I want to be an effective speaker so I can really motivate my team, make them better, help them you know, be the best, and also help my business as well, right? So here's a quote. 75% of people suffer from fear of public speaking. So just understand that this is normal. This is normal. We just need to gather a couple of speaking tactics to help us to become more confident in front of a group or even a larger audience. Okay, next slide. So let's go over a couple of power moves and like all these public speaking tactics. And this is the where the fun start, this fun part begins. Now, the first public speaking tactic I want to go over is eye contact. Now, when you're looking at someone and you're looking at a client or talking to a client or doing a consultation, 
and you're talking to someone and their eyes are all over the place. What does that make you feel like? Make you feel like they're not being very truthful, right? Well, eye contact is very effective. So when you are talking to someone one-on-one, make sure you look them in the eye. And maybe if you're doing a Zoom consultation, make sure you're looking at that green dot and making connection and contact as much as possible. Now, the next uh, tactic is vocal variety. Take it one step back. Vocal variety. Now, vocal variety or vocal inflection is very important to engage an audience, whether they're speaking to one or many. So use different inflections up, down, out, in to be able to better connect and actually bring more attention to your audience in, in a more dynamic way. Now, the last thing is engaging your audience. You can do that with body language, eye contact, vocal variety, all of those great things. All right, next slide. And lastly is perfecting and honing in on your craft. You know, a lot of professionals think that, hey, I can talk, right? But when they're speaking with their client, they're not connecting. And they may know more about the products and services. They just want to talk about the benefits and features and yep, yep, yep. But they're not really fostering those solid relationships with the person that they're talking to. So we're going to talk about a couple of things here. Next. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, 90% of anxiety we feel becomes from lack of preparation. So when you're feeling anxiety, you probably just didn't practice enough, right? And lastly, when you're doing a presentation like this, I know this is about 10 minutes, but on average, you should be practicing your speech or presentation at least 10 times. I know I've done this several times, way more than 10 times. So, but knowing that allows you to be more confident, allows you to become more, uh, more powerful and be seen as expert in your industry because you're not forgetting certain things, right? So I read an article about 15 years ago, and it talked about a guy named Ken Cosina. Now, Ken works side by side with Steve Jobs. And Ken said in a rare interview that Steve Jobs, like three to a month before any presentation that he was uh, promoting, the new I don't know, iPhone or what have you, he would go to his auditorium and actually practice. He would practice for hours, every step, every slide, every word, how he engaged and looked at the audience and the slide each and every single day. Now, my question to you is, if you are a business owner, what makes you think that you don't need to practice becoming a masterful communicator and connector that's going to attract those clients? So I, I also challenge you to go beyond the average person. You, you want your business to shine. You want to stand out. And remember, you created this business for a reason, because you know that your product or services are going to help enhance someone's life in a certain way. So I have a special gift for you. I want you to go to this website, www.beseenbeloved.com. Actually, it's .com forward slash seven keys. So I messed up there. So it's .com slash four, I mean, seven keys. And you're going to get a gift from me, seven keys to masterful communication that drives growth, sales, and referrals. 
So what's next? If you also want to book a complimentary um, call with me, you can also go to my website, www.bcnbelove.com. I thank you. Thank you, Gigi. <laughs> thank you, Christy. Thank you, Christy. This is so great. It resonates every single speaker from the very beginning. This is amazing how this happens. Um, so our next speaker, we are so excited, Darren Palmer. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, you are the founder of Self-Published in, in 30 Days. Number one self-publishing company in the world, 10 times author, host of multiple podcasts, Self-Published in 30 Days podcast, the Power of Story podcast, award-winning, and author spotlight and market leader live. So you're going to talk to us today about books to business. That seems very simple to me. <laughs> Excited to hear from you today. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege uh, to be with you all. Are you all able to see me and hear me okay? Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. No problem at all. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be with this amazing team of people. Uh, I believe that great minds uh, attract each other. It's called a tribe. And so I'm excited to be with you all today. So I want to be respectful of everyone's time. But when we talk about books to business, I'm going to share a screen real quick. It's about B squared, book to business. And I think the Achilles heels for most people who are leaders, business owners, or entrepreneurs is that they don't understand that the book is the appetizer that leads to the main course, which is their business, their nonprofit, or their ministry. So here at Self Publishing 30 Days, I have a concept of being a market leader when it comes to your branding. So I'm going to go through a few slides to help bring home the point. So being a market leader and having that understanding is really basically not being a generalist, but being a specialist. Also having an understanding what a market leader is, is what we're gonna be covering today. And also identifying the qualities of that market leader. Some of the things that you see right here, far as my bio that was shared a little bit before I even came on and did this presentation, allows for me to separate myself self from others who are doing a book. So if someone has a course out or someone else is saying that they're doing uh, a book and can help you, you wanna have social proof and you also wanna make sure, as you hear the Southern draw like Tim McGraw, you'll understand that you wanna make sure that the proof is in the pudding, like my grandmother would say before she went to be on with the Lord. So here are some examples of some things, being a 10 time author, having a conference when it comes to dealing with publishing, having Market Leader Academy, having best-selling authors business mastermind, and also focusing on personal improvement. So as we move forward, being a specialist is a difference. If a family member has an issue, you don't want them to be with a generalist. If I have a family member with an issue, I want them to have the best care. Let's just use the Mayo Clinic as an example, because they show the best care for those. You don't go to the Mayo Clinic and ask, hey, do y'all have a half off coupon? Uh, because I got a family member whose life is on the line. No, you don't do that. You want the best care. So you have to identify who you are as a market leader because you will attract people like I brought up earlier in this conversation before the presentation, you attract the right tribe and you also attract the right avatar and the right client. 
So when you're leveraging the book and allowing yourself to be a market leader, so if you own a state farm agency, or if you're looking at how to be the best exterminator in town, instead of giving out magnets and giving out cars that people are dropping while they're waiting for the valet to come around, you want to be known as a specialist because the price is a myth when it comes to a specialist because people want someone who can get it done. Here's a few reports on the difference between being a generous and specialist when it comes to just annual income that you can look at yourself and see the difference and the gulf between the two. But as we move a little bit further, ways to become a market leader for one is actually getting a book done, leveraging a book. So regardless if you're a two-time daytime Emmy Award winner for the Steve Harvey Show, like one of our clients like Kim Gunye, or as my man, Mr. Merson, who came, was able to come, uh, communism or whatnot, transitioning from being in Romania and being able to get out of that and escape and be in Canada. And now is known as the king of wholesaling when it comes to Canada. Or if you're a two-time, or also if you're a national champion coach, like my good friend, Coach Q, Francois Bedell, it's a beneficial. Coach Q did an excellent job of leveraging this because when his team won a national championship, he was thinking about doing another book. By getting expert opinion, he found a way to create a create a way to be an expert in his field by having a book from chumps to champs, turning that program around to have that book available when they were able to get their national championship ring. So even though he's not with that actual um, um, college anymore, he was able to create another opportunity at another university that actually paid him a whole year during the pandemic and they didn't even have a program at that particular time, showing how to leverage yourself. Here's a few other ways that you can leverage the B-squared method, book the business. These are just a few of the podcasts that our company has, getting your own message out. I love the quote by Tyler Perry, instead of asking somebody for a seat at the table, create your own table. For those out there who are waiting on others to say, Take, take the roadmap from the beautiful and the brilliant and the woman who filled with the spirit Gigi on here today. She created her own conference and bought amazing human beings. So instead of waiting on someone to say, please let me speak at your conference, why don't you be an innovator? Why don't you be the catalyst for change and create your own platforms to have the impact that you want? I have a great saying that I say is great because I believe in it. Wherever you have positive impact, it intersects with income. I, let me say it in the back. I wish I had a praying church. You know, I'm down south. You know, I'm in the Bible Belt. So I had to get that out of my system. But if you create positive impact, it intersects with income. Here are a few other ways besides podcasts. Make sure that you utilize this. Get on blogs. Use LinkedIn when it comes to for articles. Allow for yourself to get on Medium, medium.com. Put content out. If it's just something that's already a part of your newsletter, repurpose RPC. Repurpose that content and leverage it on multiple platforms. LinkedIn, Medium, and also on your own personal website allows for you to have SEO or whatnot, where when people are looking you are up, you can be looked at as a market leader in your industry. Lastly, last but not least, conferences like we are here today gathered by you bringing great minds together adding value by being service mindset and when you stay relational. A wise man once shared with me. He said, Darren, what's the difference between contacts and contracts? I said, I don't know, sir. He said, it's the letter R, son, and that stands for relationships. 
So when you understand the importance of cultivating relationships, whether it's bringing those who you respect to be on a platform or you allow for your audience to be poured into, even if it's not you sharing the great content, when you do share something, they're going to believe in you and what you say and allow for you to create and cultivate the relationships will allow for you to be recession proof. My name is Darren M. Palmer. It comes to speaking engagements. You will be available for those because you became a market leader. And also, things not to do quickly, don't go cheap on your logos. Don't go cheap on your branding. Create content that people can respect. And then you'll be able to separate yourself in the marketplace. Here are a few ways that you can contact me and get in contact with us at self-publish the letter in 30 days.com or in, in, on any social media platform. But once again, thank you, Gigi, for allowing for me to be able to be here. I'm going to make sure that I stop sharing the screen. Hopefully I can figure that out and get back out of here. Um, but thank you so much for this beautiful and wonderful conference. Thank you, Darren. Thank you, Darren. Gosh, that was so important. <laughs> that was so important. <laughs> Go back and listen to that right now. Uh, this is crazy. If you don't do those things first, you getting, everything else is going to be wrong. So what a great lesson. Gosh, our next guest, I am so excited, Rachel Druckenmiller. Um, I saw you the last time we interviewed on the, the Pass the Torch for Women podcast, so I am really excited that you're joining us today. You are amazing, and we opened up with your song. And so I'm going to introduce you here, Rachel Druckenmiller, CEO of Unmuted, and is on a mission to humanize the workplace by igniting resilience, connection, and engagement, and hope in leaders and teams. She's delivered over 150 interactive virtual learning experiences as the keynote speaker, workshop facilitator, and leadership trainer in the past year, just through COVID. <laughs> She's worked with dozens of organizations, including Citizens Bank, Deloitte, Sherman Williams, and the American Heart Association. And today she's gonna to talk to us about the unmuted life, elevating your confidence, courage, and career. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, thanks so much. Good to see you again. And Gigi, wonderful to see you and to be here today and everyone that's joining us online. Um, you know, I want to invite all of you to think about for a second, a time or an area of your life where you silence yourself. Are you silencing something in your body? Is there a signal that it's trying to send you that it wants attention? Are you silencing your desires and dreams and aspirations because you're afraid of what people are going to think of you? Are you silencing your expression? Maybe you have some form of creativity to share. Um, maybe you're a writer or you're a singer or you're a dancer or an artist in some form, but you're self-conscious and insecure about putting that out into the world. Maybe you're not speaking up for opportunities that you want at work for a promotion or for a different job or for the opportunity to be part of a project. Maybe there's something in a relationship where you have silenced yourself and you've just accepted that this is the way it is. And instead of speaking up and advocating for what you need and for what you want, you've chosen to stay silent. All of us have experiences where we do that, where we silence ourselves. And I think of one experience I had that really stands out. We talked a little while ago about the power of storytelling. And I, I love storytelling because stories connect us. Stories are a universal language. And I'm generally not someone who's, who's all that prescriptive. I don't find that that works very well for me that say, here's the, here's, I don't find that me saying, here's the three things everyone needs to do to get unmuted is necessarily the most helpful. I like to share stories and invite you to reflect on your own experience. And then based on that, decide what works best for you. So five years ago in September of 2016, I had a dream that I was drowning. 
And I had been pushing myself. I don't know about you, and you can let us know on the Facebook page, but I was definitely somebody who my whole life was an overachiever and, and put a lot of pressure on myself to perform. And, and, I, and I felt like I had to achieve and accomplish my way into being, into being loved and accepted because I didn't feel socially accepted growing up. And I was going through this experience of having a dream I was drowning, feeling really, really, really stressed out at work. And uh, at a certain point, I got really sick a couple months later, and I completely lost my voice. This had happened before. But at this time, it really got my attention because by then I was speaking as a, as a big part of my job and to not be able to speak was something that was really scary for me. I started to get really, really sick. I had swollen lymph nodes, the worst sore throat of my life, and I couldn't seem to get better. I couldn't seem to get my energy back, couldn't seem to get my mojo back. And I, and I didn't know when that was going to give, when something was going to shift. So on Valentine's Day of 2017, I was supposed to be at dinner with my husband and instead I was at my doctor's office and getting diagnosed with something called Epstein-Barr virus, which is an acute form of mono. I had burned myself out. And so many of us now, especially in the past 18 months, have gotten to a position where we are burned out and tired out and checked out. It's been a hard time to be a human. It's been a really hard time to be a human. And in the midst of that, we have this tendency to silence ourselves because we don't want to be a burden on anybody else. Everybody else is dealing with their own stuff. I don't want to bother anybody. I'm really struggling. I'm really having a hard time, but I don't want to bother anybody. And so we silence ourselves, but I knew that I needed to get help. I knew that whatever I was dealing with was not something I could manage on my own. And so over the next several months, I sought the help of as many people as I could from a doctor and a nutritionist, from my spiritual leaders at my church, from my community at my church, from my husband, from music, from journaling, anywhere I could find support. I said yes to it for the first time in my life. I was somebody who muted my need for help. A lot of us do that, right? We're like, I got this, I can handle this, I can do this on my own, right? It's a source of pride where we're like, oh no, 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 I don't need anything, I'm good, I'm independent, I've got this. And we think that it's a sign of our confidence, but really it ends up being a reflection of some degree of insecurity or a lack of worthiness. And so I had to wrestle with that, that I had been living my life that way. I had been living my life from this place of like unworthiness. And so I hadn't asked for the help and the support that I need. And so that time where I was silenced, literally, I was muted. I had so much in the way of awakening that happened and so much healing that started to happen in my soul and in my spirit that I just hadn't made space for before because I was so, so focused on achieving and, and just moving up the ladder and was completely ignoring what that was doing to my body and to my soul. That was the beginning of my unmuting, truly. And over the next year and a half or so, I started to realize the job I'd been in, the corporate world I'd been in for over a decade, that was not the thing I really wanted to do, that I really had this desire, this desire deep down inside me that I wanted to do my own thing, that I wanted to be a speaker and a trainer and a facilitator full time. And I didn't want to have to ask permission and I didn't want somebody else to tell me what I could do or who I could work with or how I could do it. And so in the summer of 2018, I started to just ask some questions and started to reflect. And I was at a conference and I talked to a guy we all have these moments, you have these moments in your life where you can think it's called like a sliding door moment, where something changes, where if you'd made a different, different decision, your life could have gone down a fundamentally different path. Can you think of something like that? Where you've like made a fundamentally different decision and if you had slid the door the other way, your life might've turned out completely differently. I was at a conference, at a bar. I heard that there was a guy named Clay who was a speaker. I said, I wanna talk to him because that's what I wanna do with my life. And I asked him, where should I go if I want to learn how to like really hone my speaking skills? He said, there's a guy named Michael Port. He and his wife have a company called Heroic Public Speaking. I said, all right, bought the book before I left the bar. Found out that they're based in near Philadelphia and I'm in Baltimore. 
So two months later, I'm in a room in the Kimmel Center in Philadelphia with 500 people from all over the world who want to learn how to be better speakers. And I felt this stirring in my soul, this, this thing that wanted a voice, that wanted to be heard, that even though it didn't make any logical, rational sense, and even though the amount of money I was putting toward this thing would cause me to clear out my bank account and the inheritance we just gotten from my grandmother passing, who, by the way, did not really have a voice in her marriage and in her life, I thought, what a wonderful way to honor her. And I called my husband. I said, do you trust me? <laughs> I'm about to take a serious gamble. And so I unmuted that desire and I moved forward and I signed up for the program. And it was that experience starting in the fall of 2018, almost exactly three years ago to the day that we're in right now, that I decided to take that path to move toward creating my own business of speaking. We all have moments in our lives like that, right? Where there's an opportunity that shows up and we're like, mm, I don't know, we hesitate. You know, we do that, we have doubt that comes up and we're like, I'm not sure, I don't know, should I do that? And like our, our heart and our soul is like, yes, you should do that. And then our mind interrupts it and we're like, oh, I don't know, I'm not really sure. And I let my heart, I let my heart lead on that. I let my soul lead on that. And I signed up for this thing and I get in there and I start sharing my story of how I found my voice. As somebody who was very shy and guarded and protected and muted as a little girl, I didn't share my emotions. I didn't share my feelings. I didn't share my fears. I love to sing and write, but I wouldn't share it with anybody because it felt too vulnerable. Even though it brought me a tremendous amount of joy in private, I would not share it in public because it felt too vulnerable. And so here I am in this space where I'm sharing my story and I'm talking about how I found my voice in gospel choir in college when I came back from a semester abroad. And it was the first time that I gave myself permission, even though I was terrified, because by the way, sometimes when we're muted, we're also very, very scared and it takes a lot of courage for us to unmute ourselves. And I remember I waited until the end of a rehearsal when everyone left because I wanted as small of an audience as possible to be in that room. And I went up to the director and I said, I want to try out for a solo. I want to try out for a solo for the spring concert. And he sent me to the microphone and um, Gigi knows what's coming. He sent me to the microphone and I said, um, I closed my eyes and 20 years of joy that I had let just be my own that I had selfishly kept to myself because by the way, we do that when we mute ourselves. We're keeping our strengths and our talents and our joys and our gifts and our pain inside because we think it's just ours. No, 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 no. Other people wanna be a part of that too. And so I closed my eyes and I stood in that church and I went up to that microphone and I felt these words in my bones. This morning when I rose, yeah, I didn't have no doubt. This morning when I rose, yeah, I didn't have no doubt. This morning when I rose, yeah, I didn't have no doubt. This morning when I rose, yeah, I didn't have no doubt. And I was shaken and he gets up from the piano and he knocks over a microphone. And he said, where did that come from? I said, that has been trapped inside of me for 20 years. I want you to think about what is the joy? What is the gift? What is the talent that you are keeping trapped and locked down inside because you are judging it as not good enough or you're not ready or you don't have what it takes. And what you're really doing is you're robbing the world of some gift. You're robbing your coworkers, your clients, your customers, your family, your friends, your neighbors, the checkout person at Target. You are robbing somebody of the gift that you have because of your own judgment and fear. Life is too short. Life is too short. I would rather hit a flat note 
or have something not go the way that it's supposed to go and know that I showed up courageously with the way that I am meant to show up because I would rather live with rejection and live with just accepting that maybe it didn't go perfectly than I would live a life of regret. And so for me, the unmuted life is a life of joy joyful aliveness and courageous expression and boldness. That's why when I launched my company two years ago, I said, what am I going to call it? I'm going to call it unmuted. And that's what I'm going to do. My life's journey is going to be committed to and dedicated to helping people activate these things inside of themselves. So as I close, I just want to invite you to think about in your life, what have you been silencing? What have you been holding back? What have you been muting that you have been judging yourself for that you have been letting fear take the wheel? And what would happen in your career and your relationships? in your body, in your soul? What would happen to your life if you gave yourself permission to get unmuted? What would happen? I bet amazing and beautiful things and that other people will be blessed by that too. So I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for having me today. I'll drop my link to my, I have a LinkedIn newsletter called Unmute Yourself. We have over almost 6,000 people that have subscribed to that. And if you want to be a part of that tribe, I'll drop that link in the Facebook page. Um, and if you want to connect with me on my website at Unmuted Life and on Instagram at Unmuted Life. Thank you, thank you, thank you, um, Gigi and Melanie for having me. And I'll be back to help us close as well. Amen. Unmute yourself. Thank you, Rachel. You're welcome. Uh, the most popular phrase of COVID, you're on mute. <laughs> right? So perfect. Oh, you have such a powerful message. And thank you so much for sharing today, Rachel. We can't wait to hear the closing from you as well. Um, coming up soon. But yet we have one more speaker, Dr. Anastasia Lewis. And uh, I am excited that you're here. We are... Um, going to talk now about let me get to your bio here because it is powerful okay here we go you are the platinum president at platinum president with a artist international so you're going to talk to us about build the people the people will build your business this is powerful thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge today awesome can you hear me yes Great. Thank you all so much for this awesome opportunity. Uh, thank you, Gigi. Um, I'm happy to be here. And I want to greet all of you from the beautiful islands of the Bahamas. Uh, and it is the place where God lives because this is a global conference. So you, uh, Gigi, I'm excited to be here. And also greetings to Ragne, but I, let me just get into it. My name is... Um, Anastasia Lewis, and um, I never knew in life that uh, I would even think about building or, or any type of business. Um, I felt as though it was something that was just thrown upon me, and I had to wrap my mind around um, networking with people and doing business. But after I started business and I started tapping into leadership, and started tapping into people from all over the world, I got to realize that relationships are currencies. A relationship is a currency that you can tap into. And sometimes people think that money is everything. Money is not everything. You tap into a, a, a key relationship, it will build your business. Relationships gives you the answers that you were looking for because somebody 
is the missing piece to your puzzle. I came to realize that in business. And as I continue to do business, I begin to get, meet people with different personality types. And, and I get to understand that most people do not realize that you're not just to be a liability. Most people are just liabilities and not assets. And so whatever you want in life, you have to give that or you have to be that. There are principles that are tied to wealth that we all have to tap in. And most people don't understand the, the principle of sowing. Uh, you have to sow where you want to go. And so I tell people, if I'm not able to serve in this capacity, let me know what area I'm supposed to serve. And so I can see where I fit because I realize that when you build people, people build your businesses. And, and even being here in the Bahamas, we had a major hurricane in 2019. And because I had so many relationships all over, whatever it is that I needed that money couldn't buy, because at that point in time, the money was pointless because um, we couldn't get to the ATMs, we couldn't do anything, all electricity was down, but relationships, I could have called on one or two people and got some things done. At that particular point in time, those relationships became currencies that kept business afloat for me. So I would admonish anybody, tap into key networks and understand the power of networking. You have to network with people because God didn't give everybody uh, everything. I have a piece, you have a piece, Gigi has a piece, Rodney has a piece, you have a everybody has a piece and we have to put that puzzle together. When you build people, what you also do is you empower yourself, you free yourself and so you make yourself more valuable. And, and also what I found out is that you don't get in life what you want. You get in life what you learn to negotiate for. And so in networking, you learn how to negotiate. You learn how to ask for what you want because a lot of people think that, you know, people are just going to, in business, just going to hand you everything. No, you have to ask for what you want and you have to learn how to negotiate for what you want. And also, Zig Ziglar said this, if you help people get what they want, you in turn are gonna get what you want. And, and I'm excited about that because I found that to be so true. I found out that you ought to make sure that you put yourself an environment that you can learn, that you can tap into, because I do know this, if you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. You have to be amongst movers and shakers. You have to be in an environment where you feel uncomfortable, wherein people know more than you. You cannot feel intimidated by people's strength. And so I have seen today that there's so much strength on this platform. There's so much strength in, 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 in this conference. People from different areas, you just tap in and get what it is that you need. And this is a winning environment. Here, here we go again. Sit with the winners because the conversation will be different. And so as you do that, you find out what area you can serve in so that you can build people. When you build people, you get referrals. When you build people, you get opportunity. 
when you build people, you get answers that you've not thought about. When you build people, guess what else you get? Something leaps in your belly that you can relate to and you're gonna get all the answers that you need. I'm a witness to that. And so I tell people anywhere, as I meet people all over, if you want to come to the Bahamas, you know somebody who is in the Bahamas. I am a person, I consider myself a builder because I realize that you can't get far by not building people. Just that empowerment, that alone sets the tone for business. It sets the tone for profitability. It, it sets the environment for success. And you can have global success with people all over the world. And can I tell you this pandemic proved it? Because now people are tapping into people all over the world, people that you may not have even met. Um, of course, you may have traveled a whole lot, but because you're not able to travel, you are able now to even go forth more forcefully just by Zoom opportunities and conferences just like that. This was a phenomenal idea to tap into people from all walks of life all over and put everything together so that we can understand that we are here to build, we are here to edify, we are here to lift, and you will be so shocked to know how your life is going to change just by building people. When you build people, the people will build your business because that's a seed that you've sown there. And so I know my time is short. I know that uh, we have had an awesome time here today and I want to edify this awesome platform and, and let you know, Gigi, this has been awesome. I mean, all your speakers, you, you were on point for this, but we, are, we have to tap into and put into our minds that we are builders and we are builders of people and you don't have to worry about business and you wouldn't have to worry about money. You're going to get everything that you need. I got to say it again, build the people and the people will build your business. And greetings again from the beautiful islands of the Bahamas, the place where God lives. Good afternoon, everybody. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Anastasia. Woohoo. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I am fired up. <laughs> Can we do this another three hours? This is awesome. <laughs> Going on five now. Oh, my goodness. All right. Our last speaker, last but not least, Malika Gupta. You are a patent licensing consultant, entrepreneur, and I hope I say this right, expat coach? Yes. Okay. Speaker, podcast host, and co-author of Redesign Your 9 to 5. And your topic today is the invisible edge that can make or break your business and intellectual property. Thanks for joining us. Hey, 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 everyone. Oh my God, this is, has been so powerful morning. I am so fired up. Listen, when I say intellectual property is that invisible edge in your business, do you go like, well, copyrights, trademarks, patents, that's all I know about intellectual property, Monica, but what about it and how do I go about in this business? Well, that's why I'm here, my friends. So here's the thing. What are the two important assets in, in for any business owner? I know it's money and time, right? But there's a third one too, and that is intellectual property assets. You're like, okay, intellectual property assets, what? Let me simplify that for you, okay? I want you to take out your phones. I know though, you know, that piece of technology, we all are spending eight hours 
Now I want you to, I'm going to show you and it's going to change your world how you're going to look at your phone from here onwards. Okay. So this piece of technology, if I show you, right, you're like, well, what is this? So you're like, Monica, it's iPhone. Come on. We are not that dumb. I know. I know you are super smart, but here's what I'm going to show you. The behind of this phone, okay, this, it's a logo. It's a trademark, which is Apple, right? The name of this phone, iPhone, it's a trademark. The camera, the patents, the technology inside of this phone is patent protected. The design of this phone, this shape and the design of this phone is a design patent. It's an intellectual property. The apps and the games and the software running behind the phone is patent protected. It's copyright protected. It's trademark protected. Think about it. All we have paid for to get this phone is around $700 or $1,000, right? But for Apple, that intangible asset that makes Apple, Apple is their intellectual property. So that is what I'm trying to make you see that intellectual property is that invisible edge in your business that can make or break your business. It's not about, um, it's not about the $700 which we have paid for this phone, but what goes behind protecting Apple as Apple. Now you're like, well, Monica, that, that, okay, that makes sense. Okay, how about we talk about the shopping because we all are gonna go for shopping on Thanksgiving, right? So let's, let's talk about it. So let's just say I, I show you a shoe which is a normal shoes, right? It, it has nothing. And you're like, well, the, I, I paid like $1,000 for that. And you're like, well, but what does it say? When you say, what does it say? It means, what is the trademark? What is the brand behind it? And when I compare a shopping bag, which is a brown bag and has just certain piece of clothing and it says nothing. And I'm like, I've paid $500 for that. You'll be like, well, what does the brand says? What does the company says? That sentence of what does it say is what you're paying my friend if you're paying 25 dollars on a target uh, target uh, top versus you're paying uh, i don't know 100 dollars for a fenty top i don't think fenty stop coming 100 dollars you're paying for fenty brand fenty logo okay so that's that's the whole point so here's the thing as a business owner what is intellectual property in your company so there are there are typically four kinds of business intellectual property that a small business owner has. Your product, your branding, your packaging, your website, and your marketing. And I'm gonna go a little bit about your branding because that's where people get most confused and your marketing, okay? So your branding is everything about you that makes you stand out in the market. It includes your logo, your brand name, your tagline, hashtags, social media images, but also the how behind your business. How you serve your customers and lead them to the results is also part of your brand. Your brand compasses everything about how you show up in the world. So there are two types of intellectual property that work together to help you protect your brand. Typically, you hear about copyrights and trademarks. So in order to protect your brand with a trademark, it must be unique. It cannot create a likelihood of confusion with another brand, right? So people ask me questions. Well, Malika, I just found another person who has a brand, which is the million, millionaire coach. And mine is the millionaire mindset coach. Can I register it for a trademark? And the answer is probably not. You know why? Because, because whether there is a likelihood of confusion is not based on your personal opinion. It is based on what the general public thinks.
if these are if these two brands are the ones which I have to choose from millionaire mindset coach and millionaire coach, I might get confused, right? So think about it. What makes you stand out? What makes you unique? Okay, so every time you are posting a Facebook ad, you are you're doing a clarity call, you're doing a webinar, give it a name. Don't call your strategy call just a strategy call. Give it a name, make it stand out. That name, my friend, is what makes you stand out. That name is your trademark, is your brand. So when you then go and register your, your name with, with USPTO office, which is United States Patent and Trademark Office, the first question they're going to ask you, have you been using it commercially? Have you been using it as a business? So that's where it, it, it all helps for documenting your name of the strategy call, documenting your coaching, uh, coaching uh, sessions your course and programs what are your five c uh, systems your signature systems give it a name okay all righty so let's talk about your packaging now have you when you when you when you look at the shape of the coca-cola bottles or when you look at the red sole of louis Vuitton shoe you know what stands out right you know that the red louis Vuitton shoe that red's red sole you know that it's, it's louis Vuitton shoes that my friend is packaging. That is the intellectual property. They have made themselves stand out with that intellectual property. And it's not just, they're not painting that red soul with red paint. <laughs> it's intellectually property protected. They have design patents around it. They have copyrights for their designs, for their marketing. And all of that is the part of their branding. So think about it. When in your business, in your, um, in your coaching, in your consulting, what are your signature systems? What is your unique um, way of teaching, your unique processes, your methods? And have you taken enough steps to not only protect it, but also to make you stand out. And here's the thing about intellectual property. When, 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 whenever people think about copyrights and trademarks, they always think, well, it's, it's all about the large companies. You know, I'm just starting out. I'm, I'm, I'm a small business owner. It is not about just the large companies, my friend. Here's the thing. If you have a registered intellectual property in your business, you can monetize those assets. You can license them out. You can sell it. It's, it is not just about protecting your intellectual property. It's also about thinking, how can you monetize all these assets? Because these are assets in your business. Okay. So we talk about branding. We talk about packaging. Let's talk about marketing. Now, marketing in your business is everything right from your ads, your taglines, your social media marketing, your business plans, everything is marketing and all of that is copyright protected. In fact, all the speakers in this beautiful conference and they were sharing their slides, you, my friend, have a copyright, copyright on those slides. You cannot distribute those slides. You have to, if I want to take your presentation, I want to just share it. I cannot do that because I have to take your permission because you have a copyright already on that. So think about it. If you want to register that, then that, 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 that's a whole different conversation. But you, the fact that you took the time and effort to create those, those presentation and slides makes you the owner of that slides makes you makes you the copyright owner of that particular presentation, the way you have talked about it, the way you have thought about it. Okay. And just to simplify, just to give you another example, when, when it comes to copyright, people just always strips up. Think about it. If I have an idea of writing a poem in Michigan about, I don't know, snow and cloudy sky, 
right? And somebody in Boston has the same idea of writing a poem on snow and cloudy sky. The way we're gonna write that poem, the way we're gonna transfer that idea into a medium, let's say a, a paper, a book, um, uh, you know, is different. It's not gonna be same. And so each one of us has the right on that. Each one of us has, has that intellectual property right on that particular tangible medium. And that is what it makes so interesting about this. Okay, now if, if this is making some sense, uh, give me some hi, hello in the chat. If this is like, oh my God, this is different. I was not thinking about my business in that way. I don't think I'm gonna, I'm going to look at my phone in anymore in the same way because I know that, oh my God, it's, it's logo, it's trademark, Apple is paying so much for that. It's not just $700 and all of that. that. That is exactly my whole point was to intrigue you, to make you interested in what is this intellectual property and how do I go about it? And here's my big why of doing this. My big why really is that I see so many entrepreneurs and business owners, they do not make uh, intellectual property strategy in their business as the number one priority. It always stays as something which I'm going to do when I'm going to reach a certain mark of revenue, which I'm going to become a certain certain kind of, you know, company. It should be the top priority. You should be thinking from day one, well, what is my unique standpoint? How do I go about it? How do I protect it? Even if, if, even if it's about copyright protecting your slides, your videos, your presentations, your speeches, think about it. My second why is that I see so many entrepreneurs and business owners asking, not asking, not asking, not asking, not asking smart questions. And they are at the mercy of attorneys. They're at the mercy of lawyers to guide them, to tell them what their next step is. And I just think that you need to be better prepared for that. And you don't need to read entire law books, but you need to be at least aware about what intellectual property is, the basics, the fundamentals. And that is where I come in picture. I am that middle person between you and your attorney. I am that bridge. My unique background of technology, law, and business puts me in a unique position to help you in, in scenarios. I have 10 years of experience in this field. Believe me or not, I have two masters, a master's in biotechnology and a master's in intellectual property management from Chicago Kent College of Law. And I have worked with several Fortune 500 corporates in intellectual property and legal department. And I know that how much of this is such a big question mark when it comes to protecting your intellectual property assets for so many business owners. And that makes me my big why to help you see that you, my friend, can be on those attorney calls prepared and asking smart questions and not waste your time and money by not being aware about it and by, by not making it a top priority. And that is my big why. So as I leave, um, as I leave you with these intriguing questions and to be respectful of my time here, um, I want to invite you, if you have questions, if this has opened something for you about intellectual property, and I know I talk fast, I talk really fast, I've tried this several times, but you know what, <laughs> it doesn't help, uh, but if you want to take some time to talk to me and let's, let's, let's get on a call or something, uh, I, I, you can connect me on LinkedIn, that is the best way to connect with me. I go with the same name, Malika Gupta, and I'm happy to, you know, help you out there. Or, uh, you know, we can we can talk more about about how you what is the intellectual property right now in your business. I'm happy to do that. And thank you so much, Gigi. This was great, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Malika.
Thank you, Malika. That was so great. I was like checking out my website right now. (laughs) (laughs) What needs to be changed? (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you so much for being our final speaker. We really appreciate you. Okay, so now we come to the close of our program, and we always end these with a prayer. So I'd like to introduce Amber Lyons. It's going to lead us. Amber is the CEO and founder from Pain to Purpose Incorporated. She's become known for her authentic, loving spirit, queen of smooches, vibrant personality, and her fiery passion as a transformational speaker, domestic violence, teen dating violence, youth advocate, author, ordained elder, intercessory prayer leader, podcast host, producer, and global youth leader. Her life's work and purpose has helped people transition from a place of pain and to live in their purpose through embracing healthy relationship skills. She diligently works to help rebuild the village of support for our youth and create collaborative opportunities for them that will position them for leadership success. The work of her healing pain through the arts, through the arts youth program, has become known and acknowledged nationally and globally, which has also elevated her to the global leader of World Women Conference and Awards, Young Leaders Club under the leadership of founder Rodney Sinekis. So thank you for joining us today, Amber, and for closing this out in prayer. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me here today um, to my World Women's Conference and Award um, sister, Gigi. Thank you for this invitation to pray. Um, it's just amazing. God's timing is always perfect. As you can see, I have on my clergy. Um, I'm about to head out to pray at a funeral. Um, so when Gigi um, touched base, I was like, okay, I guess I'm ready to pray. Um, so thank you um, so much for having me. I want to acknowledge Melanie. Thank you for the introduction and for all the work that you do with Gigi. Um, Regne Sinekis, our founder of World's Conference and Awards, thank you, and to my Atlanta chapel leader, Lakeisha, who's not able to be here today. All of the speakers, God bless you. Let's look to the Lord, I'm here to pray, so let's look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you for this time that we have been given this assignment to come and close out this global business conference in prayer. First of all, we want to thank you for this opportunity and this space that you have provided for us to be able to cover these men and women, these dynamic speakers, business people, uh, uh, leaders, and visionaries all over the world. We thank you for them coming together. We thank you for the visionary, originally uh, Gigi Sabat, who had the vision to bring together men and women who can pour into others in regards to expanding, tweaking, to to, to perfecting and enlarging their territorial uh, business acumen. God, we just give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise for this opportunity to cover these men and women. We ask that you would cause us to, as the word says, to in business be men. Help us to be able to not wear our feelings on our sleeve, but help us to be able to have the mindset to be able to 
speak up when needed and to be able to tweak our even our own attitudes when needed, oh God. Help us to be able to not be money hungry and selfish in business, but to be about empowering others and to be able to walk in the assignment and fulfillment for which we have been placed on this earth. We thank you, oh God, that you would expand the territories and all of the information that has been given today, that has been shared today by these dynamic speakers and panelists. We ask, oh God, that you would open up our minds. We can't pour from an empty vessel as we heard, and we have to be able to recover from trauma and not to be stuck where we were, but to use what we have gone through as a catalyst to be able to help pour in healing into others. We thank you that you would help us to be able to reach tangible places and get on stages or whatever it is that our desire is. Uh, even as we heard the speaker say that uh, she, she she gave it all up and, and, and aligned with her husband and went into full time. If that is our desire, open up the opportunities and the doors that we may be able to move into new areas and business and pour in the resources and the connections. I heard opportunities create opportunities. And we thank you for the opportunities that you're creating for us as we network, as we collaborate, as we support one another. Open up the opportunities for our business to go forth, for our businesses to be able to gain financial resources because it takes finances to continue to create content and create ideas and create, oh God, the things that we need to do to be able to be a, a, a catalyst for change for this world. So we thank you for this, oh God. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for covering each and every one that prayed today with your precious blood. Keep us safe as we go through this holiday season, as we go through this time of gathering with friends and family. We also heard that our attitude is our, it will determine our altitude. And we thank you that we have an attitude of gratitude today, that you are great. We're grateful to have this space to cover these men and women in prayer. And we give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And I thank you, oh God, for this opportunity again. Blessed with Gigi and everything that she has planned to do for 2022. Every man and woman, whatever they have planned for 2022, let it become alive and breathe. Let it take on legs and walk. Continue to expand our territory. We thank you for the prayer of Jabez that says, enlarge, will you not enlarge our territory? And we thank you for doing that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Amber. And thank you, everyone. Thank you to our speakers and our sponsors. I truly appreciate you. And before we close here, we'll end out with a song by Rachel Drunken Miller. All right. I feel like so much of what this day represents is coming together in community, being together in community, being supported, recognizing that, especially in the past 18 months, if we've learned anything, hopefully, we have learned that we can't do all of this by ourselves. And that when we don't feel like we have the courage to stand on our own, and this is coming from someone who got hit by a pickup truck and fractured my back 18 months ago, that sometimes we just gotta lean on other people. So I know we're all muted, but I'm just gonna invite you all to, in your space where you are, to, to sing along with me um, in, your, in your own way, um, because I know that this is a song that all of you know. I'm gonna sing a part of it. I'll sing the whole thing, I'll sing a part of it. So here we go. Sometimes in our lives, we all have pain. We all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's 
always tomorrow. Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. You just call on me brother when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. We all need somebody to lean on. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. God bless you and be safe. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Thank you.